E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What is up, everybody? Before we get started, uh, Derek, I have a question for you. Who is yes, the sir. only 2-0 team in the NFL? Uh, that would be your Philadelphia Eagles, baby. That is correct. We are on fire right out of the shoot today. Yes, Eagles go to 2-0 and last night with a win over the Vikings, 34-28. Welcome into Sports Take on this Friday where we recap everything that went down. You know, we don't usually, sometimes we do, but most often it's the, you know, it's the, it's the Monday where we're really digging in. The Fridays are rare, so it is kind of cool. What's up, everybody? I see you, Sherry. M. Reyes, Twiz, so dope, Mr. Taz, uh, whoever else I missed. I, I, I just keep keep coming, man. Keep hitting me up, and I will get you as you come each fast and furious here. Wow, Mortorian Eric Gallagher, Eagles fan. Gunner, hey, how you doing, man? Look at this, man. Morning from Singapore. Wow, I love that. Let's do the let's do our Friday check-ins. By the way, come on, everybody. Christy, what's up, girl? What's yeah. up, pretty, pretty Mimi? Pretty Mimi, that's a new one. Pretty Mimi's new. Yes, we see a pretty Mimi. Come on, everybody. Let's see. Where where is uh yeah, where is pretty Mimi from? I don't know. It's a good question. What's up, Michael? Dope um, King so as well. Yeah. Hanging out on South Beach, Dope King. I feel you. Yes. Yes. You've been, you've been uh hey Dope King, have you ever been to uh the crab shack down there? That place is uh, it's only open seasonally. They sell these stone crab claws, Rob. I know you're not a big seafood aficionado, but let me tell you something. Cold stone crab claws with their particular uh, dipping sauce. I heard. Man, I heard it's ridiculous. I've make never your been. knees freeze and your back crack. Oh, <laughs> my Woo. Uh, Mr. Taz is in media. Uh, our girl, Christy, is in Lisbon. We know that, Portugal. Uh, John Dickerson is coming from the depths of Derek Gunn's mind. Uh, Miguel <laughs> is, is in Monterey. Uh, Steve is in Northern Mexico. Uh, um, beautiful, man. I love oh, beautiful area. I, I heard I've never been, I've heard that is one of the most gorgeous spots that, that you could possibly, you know, see. So that, that's awesome. And the, guy, the guy from Singapore, my, my middle daughter was in Singapore years ago, said it's the cleanest city that you've ever seen. And as a matter of fact, it's a fine. You could get jailed if you drop litter on the, on the streets. Yeah. They don't, they don't Ow. play when it comes to stuff like that. This is like, how old is she now? She's 30. 33. So this is probably when she was in her early 20s. She was there. And it's, a, it's either a fine or you can get arrested for littering. And I'm like, yeah. what? They should do that in America, man, because people got trash all up and down. How? Yeah, no. Uh yeah, Christy, I am I am at I had to I had to pop upstairs uh with, with there's I had some leaking issues in the basement. So oh, oh, y'all yeah. good? Yeah, it's it's been an ongoing um, issue, which we thought was corrected, uh, but it was not. So it's nothing major. Yeah, you know, but pain in the butt nonetheless. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get it straightened out. Um, so I I had to take the show uh, on the road, so to speak, about five three flights of stairs. I I I, I climbed. <laughs> um, so all right, daughter. So let, let's uh, let's look back. And by the way, appreciate everybody checking in, man. You guys yeah. are you guys are awesome, Father Sean. I see you. I see you. Um, but yeah, I did Spanish, uh, Philly, uh, was cozy in Cali. All right. Anyway. So anyway, good, good to see everybody. Um, but yeah, Eagles win 34, 28, Derek. And it's funny. Normally if you're two and oh, one of those wins is on the road against Bill Belichick. Uh, the other win is, you know, with a four day turnaround with a really banged up crew, 
I think normally under those circumstances, and perhaps that should be the case here, but people would be a lot more um, elated uh, if that was the case, right? But I, I feel like at least a little bit just sort of gauging things that people are a little bit torn right now. Um, you know, and, and by the way, Tone, if you could bring up certain um, folks out of the chat, I can't do it right now uh, because I'm on my laptop as opposed to my desktop. So uh, just an FYI, if you want to do that, feel free. Um, but anyway, um, there you go. Thank you. Shane checks in. He says, I hate to be that guy, but Smith and AJ won't last long-term if everything, everything don't, don't, don't go, go AJ way. He start putting on a show on the sideline. All right. Well, all right. Let's address that then. Shane, thanks. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, look, I, I didn't, I appreciate AJ's competitiveness. I, and I, and I understand the position of wide out, wide out D back. You're going to get divas. It just, it, you know, it's, it's it. but you have to understand I'm a big time and place guy. And what I mean by that is, look, it was a night where you weren't necessarily throwing the ball very well, which we'll get into in a second, but it was a night where you were destroying them on the ground, which means there's going to be less opportunities for passing plays. Now I know Devonte got his, I, I get that. Um, for him to react like that in game two under that circumstance, I thought was out of line. Uh, for him to do it in that setting, do it behind closed doors. You got an issue with right, anybody, right. take it up with them. Um, you know, and then there's debate whether he was getting into it with Devontae. There was debate whether he was getting into it with Jalen. Nick's got to come over, calm everybody down, move everybody on. What's up, Fitness Rebel? Move everybody on. It's a bad look, in my opinion. He did the same thing in the playoff game against the Giants, where the Eagles were rolling, too. Well, this is in hindsight of him coming out this past spring or summer saying that he will never be a distraction. You know, he never wants to make it about him. Um, and, and lo and behold, second game into the season. Now, granted, he's frustrated. He has only 11 catches in two games. You know, for a guy who had almost 1,500 yards, I get it. But the bottom line is, especially coming out of a gate when you guys didn't play as a unit in the preseason is it takes time. It, it's a trial and error situation. And let's face it, I've seen two patterns here where these teams, this Eagles team has jumped out to big leagues and then have to hold on and had to rely on turnovers in both games to get the job done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, AJ, it, it does sound like you're making it about yourself. Now, Devontae tried to defuse it after the game. Some players like Dallas Goddard said, I didn't see it. Yeah, hold up. Whether you saw it or not, you on the sideline, you heard about it. Yeah, you know, you know something about it. So don't yeah. tell me you didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. Nick Sirianni has to come over, and he, Nick got a little testy after the game when people wanted to talk to him about he it. He first denied that he he remembered it, and then he was yeah. pressed on yeah. it, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm, I'm, that stays in house, you know, and all that." But which he could have done right away. Yeah, you know, and then and then um, on the on the prime post game show, you know, they bring two players out to the set. And they had uh, Jalen Hurts and, and Jason Kelsey in the set. And, you know, and, and I thought Jalen was very eloquent in terms of describing. He said, look, AJ's my best friend. We understand he wants the ball. He's a playmaker, wants the ball. We understand that. But, you know, there's not, nothing going to be long-term here between us. We'll get through this and we'll fix some things. So they, had, they diffused it as well as possible. But you're right, Rob, to play off of what you said. For a guy who made it very clear publicly that it is not about him, they have a bigger picture of trying to get back to that Super Bowl and finishing what they failed to complete just this past season. That's a bad look on your part. If it's like six, seven, eight games into a season, you're averaging 
three or four catch or six targets, three or four catches a game as a fifteen hundred yard receiver. I understand the frustration, but when you consider it's still a jagged offense right now, okay? Um, you've had two coordinators. You've had the you've had the godfather of defense and one of his disciples and Brian Flores. Both frustrate your offense to a certain degree. You have to understand the bigger picture is we're working through this together. And he stepped out of line. He stepped out of line. Stepped out of character in this case. Yeah, I mean, like I, you could just go back to week one, for example. Goddard got one target, no catches. DeAndre Swift, who went insane last night, had two touches the whole game. Right. You know, they they didn't they weren't acting that way. They weren't angry. They weren't showing somebody up on the sideline. So, and look, I love AJ Brown and and any Eagles fan. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy is a monster. He's a competitor. He, you know, he he wants to contribute. I get it, and I appreciate that part of it. You just don't need it in that setting. Look, st- you like anything else, Derek, you know, like people sometimes will take the social media and blast, you know, somebody else. Like if you have an issue with that person, take it up yep. with that person. Yep. You don't need to do it publicly in that setting. Um, so uh, anyway, so just not that that was the the lead from this, but that was certainly something, you know, that, that came up throughout the course of the game. So, um, all right. So Marcus says uh, we're two and but a concern about this team, especially defensively. And Jalen yeah. seems like he's confused to me. He's not running the same either. All right. Let, let's let's hit a couple things there then. Um, let, let's take the latter part of what Marcus just said there. The, the Jalen, the passing attack clearly needs work, uh, on a lot of levels. Jalen doesn't look particularly comfortable in, in what's going on here. Um, he forced another one into, into double borderline triple coverage last yeah. night, which is not yeah. him, um, which was an interception. He did that in, in new England too. Um, he looks off. I, even when he runs, he looks hesitant to me. He doesn't look like he's committed like he did last year. Um, and yeah, look, that falls. Some of it is him for sure. That's a bad decision on the pick, but I don't think Brian Johnson's in any type of flow right now at all. Now. And, and if you look at the two games, Rob, uh, both, both the Patriots and the Vikings, you notice they have played, they were playing five DBs on the back end, very similar styles. They'd have one guy roaming in the middle, a lot of time, and they had an extra man up in the line of scrimmage. Um, and so Jalen, snaps the ball he thinks he sees one thing and it turns out to be something else they go into diff- completely different coverages and he's trying to figure it out now both teams have done a are trying to make sure they don't they take away the deep ball now now they hit him hit him a couple of times to Devonte smith with deep balls but for the most part the deep ball, ball is this part of their game is not there yet so what do you do you work it underneath and he's missing open targets underneath yep. You know, and I think that's the biggest concern in that interception, sure enough. I don't know if it was a throw out of frustration, but I can't remember the last time I saw him throw in an obvious double coverage like that. You know? I, not since the, he, 21 when he took over as a, as a starter. I haven't, I didn't see that. I, I mean, I can, I can remember at maybe one or two of those the whole year last year, it seems like. Yeah. And I, I think, look, I think we all – and I, me too, man, I'm in the front of the line with this, but like, we all assumed that the offense was just going to be boom, take off, hit the ground running. It's a new coordinator. Like how I know he knows Brian Johnson. I know Brian Johnson was there, but it's not Shane Steichen. He developed a rapport with this guy. He, he, He had, he had him two straight years. That was the first time he had two straight years with a coordinator since he was in high school. It it's going to take a minute and it's taking a minute right now. Um, I don't think Brian Johnson has a feel for the RPOs 
like that third down on the first drive, Derek, yeah. was an awful play call. It's just yeah. flat out awful play call. And the other thing I'm noticing a little bit, and I think you have a different observation on this, but it seems to me like Jalen's running into the blitz a little more than I, I than I picked up on last year. How, how do you how do you view what's going on there in the pocket? Here's here's what I've seen: two two defenses. What they're doing is they're playing more different, uh, more disciplined in terms of defending against him. If you look at the edge rushers when they crash, they don't continue to crash trying to get to Jalen. What they're doing is they're rushing to a spot. And they're trying to keep him in a corral, which kind of floods floods the middle as well a little bit. It's not giving him the same open lanes for the most part that he had continuously all of last season. And because of that, when he tries to dip to the outside, look at the outside containment from the linebackers to a safety to a corner that's coming up and cutting him off. And that's why you've seen a lot of times he slid down real quick because he knows he has nowhere to go. So right now we're seeing defenses play more dif- more discipline against him. When you've had six, seven months this offseason to study the film of what this explosive offense is capable of doing, you've got to try to find a way to defuse it. Now, I guarantee you everybody who's a defensive coordinator was watching how Bill Belichick defended against him the first game and said, hey, that works somewhat. We yep. saw Brian Flores do some of the same thing. The difference is Flores doesn't have the same personnel that Belichick does. He doesn't have a Matthew Judon in the middle of that defense. Doesn't have the overall personnel. Now, how did how does Brian Johnson and Eagles counter? You have eleven days now to figure this out because Monday night. Say what you want to say about Tampa Bay, they have a much better collection of defensive personnel than both New England and Minnesota combined. Yep. A Todd Bowl defense will give this offense problems if they don't fix this thing in eleven days from now. Yeah, I, I Kelsey was interesting after the game. He said, look, um, we're getting very junked up looking defenses. Very, uh, yes. we're never going to get cover one vanilla stuff that some teams get. We're just not going to get it. And we need to figure it out. Um, they're countering what we did last year as we expected. Uh, but we got to be a little bit quicker to fix this thing. And he, he wasn't pointing fingers. He said, all of us, we all have to be better. Um, so, the, the passing attack is a work in progress. Here's the good news. You get 11 days off. Yep. Okay. You get some time, not only to your bot, their bodies are going to need it. We'll get to the injuries in one second, but their bodies are going to need it. But also th- the coaches are going to get together and figure this thing out and work on counters to what is being countered on them. So I, I definitely think it's all over the place. I, I think there is maybe a little bit of frustration, you know, coming to play here with Jalen. He'll never admit that, but I think there's a little bit of that. I think Brian's getting a feel for it. I think Nick's getting a feel for Brian. So there's a lot of different things at play here with this offense. Um, Look, the good news is you have the ability to go to a counterattack, which a lot of teams don't. Like, for example, you look at the Vikings last night, and this has been them through two weeks. First of all, letting Dalvin Cook walk was absolutely idiotic. Yes. Stupid. They have no running game. Alexander nope. Madison is a backup nope. in every sense of the word. Okay. Nope. So the Vikings last night, Gunner, rushed for 28 yards. Yep. Okay. The Eagles comparison, 259. Yes. You talk about one dimensional, that Vikings team, all I would ever do is pin my ears back and, and just, just, you know, try to get after them. So anyway, my point is the Eagles, even though they weren't passing it well, then all of a sudden, all right, we're going to run the ball. Boom, and it's explosion time, and they they just gutted that Vikings defense in the middle. 
See, Alexander Madison is the battering ram that softens up a defense, and Dalvin Cook was a home run hitter. The Vikings missed the opportunity, even if you weren't going to keep Dalvin Cook, to find a back similar to him. You can find a lot of those type backs a dime a dozen coming out of college, yep. and you obviously didn't. Madison is not a guy to carry the ball 25, 30 times a game. He's not that explosive home run hitter. And a couple in the fact the Vikings were down a couple offensive linemen. They were down to their third offensive tackle before yeah, the game. That, that's fair. Yeah. You're right. They were hanged up. Yep. That, that hurts a lot. Yep. But And when you're playing to the strength of an Eagles defense, like those two tackles, Jordan, uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are playing right now, you're not going to have much of a running game. What scares me is, is this defense – now, granted, they had a bunch of kids playing on the back end. This defense knew that the Vikings were going to have to pass. And I don't think as, – as well as they played against the run, they didn't do enough to make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable on the back end of that defense. Yeah. And sure enough, as this game unfolded, especially when Avante Maddox went down, my concern was you got a bunch of guys running back around back there like Keystone Cops trying to figure out what's going on. Darius Slade, the only veteran back there, and sure enough, the passing game torched them. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question. And, and, and that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm not like people are to be the beginning of Marcus's uh, chat question towards us was he's worried about the defense. I'm not, um, I'm not telling you everything's perfect and they may lack a little bit of personnel, but, but let's face it, man, you're talking about last night, no Bradbury, no N'Kobe Dean, no, no blank and ship. You and maybe Gunner, you'll give us an update in a second, but no Avante Maddox a, a, as the game went on. You had guys at, either at linebacker, but in particular at cornerback and safety yep. who had played very little or any football at all in their life. And they're going against Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson. Like right. even the best guys are going to have a tough night with that, with that crew. Okay. So I'm not panicking that there were some major breakdowns and guys were in like different zip codes sometimes trying to cover guys. Okay. I, I'm not as, as concerned with that as maybe some other people are. Well, Howie, Howie may have to make a move here and bring some veteran personnel in here in a, in a yeah. span of 11 days. And I would be surprised if he didn't, especially if um, what I heard and what I tweeted this morning is true about Avante Maddox. You're going to need some help now. Um, we're almost guaranteed that James Bradbury is going to be back out of concussion protocol. So right. you have your two corners solidified. The safety position still don't know. Don't know about blanket ship. I would imagine he's going to have 11 days to heal up those ribs. He should be back out there, but you're going to have to rely on these kids. The, the injuries are piling up on this team, Rob. And what did I tell you during the off season? I hope it doesn't come down to being like that 2005 season where we saw multitudes of injuries which cost that team from getting back to the Super Bowl. That 2005 team was armed to be a repeat NFC representative in the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden it was like COVID going through that Eagles locker room in terms of injuries. Now we're seeing injuries where guys are nicked up. But N'Kobe Dean, out extended period of time. Avante Maddox, if what I'm hearing is true, he could be out possibly for the season if that peck is torn or if it's a, if it's a chest muscle. They're still trying to determine exactly what it is or they're not telling exactly what it is just yet yeah so um real quick Derek yeah. so John Clark saying it is a peck injury so it's a peck from what he's hearing um you know and and we'll get further on that but if that's the case that's not no. that ain't good I can tell you that it, it, it's it's really not good um, if, if it's a torn peck you can kiss this season goodbye it's a shame because yeah. he's such a good dude he's such a fearless player 
but he plays a lot like Bob Sanders. He gotcha. plays so fearless and reckless that he hurts himself a lot of times more than he does the opposition. Yep. And unfortunately, this might cost him a season. Okay, so if that's the case, you're going to have to try to find some help from somewhere. Now, when you're playing with a bunch of kids, it's always better to play when you come out on the winning side of the ledger. So Goodrich gets in there, Job gets in there, all these guys got some valuable experience, and some of them may be counted on again. Sidney Brown got in there, they may be counted on again come Monday night, 11 days from now. But I don't know if you can continue to go this road for the duration of the season if players keep dropping by the wayside. Yeah, now, and I, yeah. I I agree with – first of all, I agree with you. I, I wonder – I wonder, if, like, if we get later in this year and it looks like teams are just just have no chance, and we could already point to some of them, but, like, they're, they're probably the teams you go after, right? I mean, you're probably going after a Cardinals or some of yeah. these other teams as we get closer – excuse me, to the trade deadline. But, yeah. I mean that if it is a torn peck for for Maddox and that that's that's troubling that's a shame. I worry about that with Sidney Brown just being able to stay stay healthy too with the way he throws himself around. But anyway, um, you know the good news is I, I will give credit where credits due. I didn't think he was great week one, but um, a lot of props to Zach Cunningham, who I thought really stepped yes. up last night and played yes. excellent for them. Cunningham balled out last night, and, and as I mentioned on the pregame show, they went into this game with no true inside linebacker. They yep. went into the game with three outside linebackers, and of course, you saw that Ellis was moved over to the middle. To the to the middle, yep. and Ellis played pretty well in the middle, yep. but Cunningham really stood out in terms of how he stepped up. And I, and I said before in the game, I had my reservations about Cunningham. I'm not a big Cunningham fan, but man, did he show up at big, big times last night in that game. Hopefully that's a sample of what's to come with him because they're going to need him definitely while N'Kobe Dean is out. Absolutely. So that, you know, look, that's a good sign uh, of what we saw. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to clean up here. There, there's no question about it. But and Nick Sirianni said as much last night. He said it's a lot easier to clean up after a win than it is after a loss. And, yeah. and, you know, again, when you consider all the circumstances, um, you know, to, to have two wins under your belt is, is a big deal. Christy asked the question, was Nolan Smith active last night? Uh, did anyone see him? I didn't worried uh, about that shoulder injury. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, Chris, it's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they don't feel like he's totally, up to speed yet, Derek? Do you think that's um? Sorry, just got to fly. Uh, <laughs> that's something that's going on there, you, you know, with him. Do you think that's a a reality, or you think it has something to do with the shoulder? Like, what do you think's going on? Because we haven't seen too much from him over the course of the first two games here. Well, I think it's more of you, you, Hassan Reddick is not coming off the field, even with that bum thumb. He's not coming off the field now. Yeah. Nolan Smith played. He played seven snaps the first game. He only played six snaps last night. Right. So I wonder if it's a combination. I, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. If it was a combination of the shoulder and inexperience. So I asked somebody in the note that last night within the organization, and here's what they told me. Good kid, talented, his opportunity will come. So that's telling me that he still has a learning curve, yeah. and they need, they need Redick on the field more so than anything else right now. Yep. But they didn't make any reference to the shoulder or anything like that. Okay. Hassan Reddick played 39 snaps, Josh Sweat 40, Brandon Graham only 17 compared to 22 last week. Right. Derek Barnett 14 snaps. Yep. Um, so your four-man rotation right now, 
Sweat, Reddick, Graham, Barnett for the most part. And it looks like Reddick and Sweat are getting more snaps, more so than the other, t- other two. And they're playing them more. Why mm-hmm. right now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Nolan, the, the fact that Nolan Smith has only played 13 snaps, you know, based on the fact that no one told me last night that it has anything to do with the shoulder, it was just that his turn will come, tells me he's still growing as a pro football player at that position. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's get a timeout. And and look, we we barely touched on it, but let's get into the night that DeAndre Swift had. Man, what a what a homecoming in an Eagles uniform uh, for for a Philly kid who went to St. Joe's Prep. He went he went nuts last night. So we'll get into that. And how the heck did he get two touches the week before? I, I would. But we will cover that, uh, and then we'll get into the Eagles defense. And then Gunner at one thirty, we're going to look ahead to the NFC East games this week. We'll also include the Bucks in there since they're the Eagles' next opponent. Yeah. Um, and then we'll do our NFL segment, and that'll include the best games of the week we'll preview. Uh, we got a lot in store for you, so don't go anywhere. We keep it rolling. All Eagles, all football, all the time right here on Sports Take. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. I want to tell you right now about Bravo Pizza of Habertown. Bravo Pizza of Habertown is family-owned uh, since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. I'll be in there a little bit later this afternoon. To get some uh, Friday din-din. Yes, uh, I love the grandma. It's like the upside-down pizza that they have. But they have 20 different styles of pizza for you. And they have specialized pizza however you want it. So you call up, put a request in, and they'll take care of it. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches, wings, wraps, salads. You name it. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to the organizations. They had one this past Monday for Team Foster, which uh, helps raise money for service dogs for our military folks. So just an absolutely awesome cause. Uh, You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. You can give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Here's a little sampling. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Passionately. 
Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles All right, welcome back everybody Sports Take, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Football Friday as the Eagles win 34-28 over the Vikings. All right, Gunner, so let, let's look at the uh, let's look at the offense here. We mentioned a little bit earlier that um, the, the passing game certainly is not where it needs to be, not acceptable, has got to get fixed because when you start taking on the big boys here, um, you know, look, the Vikings presented their own problems because the, the, the Eagles had some injuries. Patriots present their own problems because it's Bill Belichick and what he does. But I'm talking about when you're facing Kansas City and Miami and sure. Buffalo and Dallas and, and those teams – where you may not be able to just run right through them like you did last night, mm. or you could be trailing in a game where you got to come back quickly. You got to figure this thing out. And there's too much talent there with Goddard and AJ Brown and, and Devontae to not be better uh, in the passing game for sure. And if you look at last night, Jalen 18 for 23, 193 yards in the air, one touchdown, uh, one interception, 98 passer rating, four sacks, 12 rushes, 35 yards, just 2.9 per carry and a touchdown. I realize not all of those are designed, Derek. Yeah. But none of it looked good. None of the RPO reads look good. None of the the quarterback draws or the quarterback keepers that are designs. Nothing looks smooth. And I, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to hint like Jalen's hurt or anything like that, but he just looks hesitant to me for, I don't know that he's, you know, thinking about the contract, I don't know, but he just looks like he's he's sort of tiptoeing his way through stuff. Whereas last year he was hitting everything with like conviction, and it doesn't feel that way to me. I think it's a, a combination of Brian Johnson still trying to figure out what he wants to do, what he wants his version of this Eagles offense identity to be, and the fact 
I think what A.J. Brown said after the first game was very telling in terms of how defenses are trying to disguise better what they're going to do to us, and we're not countering it quickly enough. I think that's a definitive uh, uh, reason why the offense looks uh, jagged at at certain times. Um, I don't want to say Jalen is seeing ghosts, but defenses are giving him illusions, and then all of a sudden – it completely changes once that ball is snapped. And now where he thought his primary lane was going to be isn't there anymore, and he's taking more time to find those secondary and third lanes. Um, this is this is the part of the evolving process when you have a new coordinator in the fold, even though you're working with the same offense. He doesn't call the game, game the same way as Shane Steichen does. Right. Maybe Brian doesn't see things as quickly as Shane. Kudos to him finally identifying if the Vikings are going to stay in this three-man front and drop eight when we go back, we're going to pound it on them. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly said last night on our Jacob postgame show, um, I think Lane Johnson should get offensive coordinator of the night. Do you remember the play, the one play they ran, and he turns to the sidelines and says, keep it going, keep yeah. it going. Yeah. And sure enough, the Vikings could do nothing to stop it. If the Vikings were able to stop uh, the Eagles on certain rundown situations, that well, might be a little bit different game, but – Vikings defense was gassed. There's no question that defense was gassed. And the Eagles kept taking it to them in that regard, which helped them control the clock and the lead. Yeah, time of possession, Eagles 39 minutes, 28 seconds to the Vikings 20 minutes, 32. That is domination in in terms of uh, time of possession. It really is. So, all right, let's go there. Uh, They decide then we're going to go back to the bread and butter. Here's what it reminded me of, Derek. If you go back to 20. 21, which was Nick's first year, Jalen's first year as a starter. They start off two and five. He turns the play calling over to Shane Steichen. They go run heavy after that, right? And Mm -hmm. when they do go run heavy after that, everything changes for them. Um, And even go back to last year. You remember a couple of the games that they really had to put on ice, like the Cardinals game or the Texans game or the Colts game. They really did it on the backs of their running game. Yep. And then last night was the same thing. All right, the, the pass isn't working. We're going to commit to this, and, and here we go. And, you know, they commit to it to the tune of just just utter domination. You know, I, I was looking at some stats here with them in terms of rushing games under, under Nick. So yeah. they've rushed for 200-plus yards in 10 of 36 games under Nick Sirianni. That's a lot. Woo! It's almost a third of their games they've been able to get over the 200-yard mark. Right. And last last night was no different. Two hundred and fifty nine rushing yards on 48 carries, which is even more impressive when you consider that's five and a half, basically five and a half yards per carry that, that they were able to run it up there on. So Swift and have, by the way, how about the one drive? 16 plays, 13 of which were runs. Yes. And it took almost eight minutes up. Yes. You know, which ends in a touchdown. It was, it was, it was like an old school, you know, like go back to the seventies or sixties. Smash mouth football, smash mouth. It really was. But, but let's, let's give some love here to Deandre Swift, who was just absolutely, you know, magnificent. What I really appreciated about him, Derek, he was not one bit afraid to hit it right up the gut. He don't try to bounce things or doing any of that. So he ends up going 28 rushes, a buck 75, 6.3 yards per carry and a touchdown. How does this guy get two touches week one? I think he was sending a direct message uh, to the organization. Don't ever let there be another game as long as I'm healthy where I'm only getting two touches, one run and one pass play. Um, When I look at a DeAndre Swift run, he reminds me so much of Le'Veon Bell. 
that hesitation moving the backfield. You notice he's very patient in terms of letting his blocking set up before he decides where he's going to go, yeah. whether it's to make a quick cut to the outside. See, to be a hesitation runner like that, you have to have two things, nimble feet, vision, well, three things, nimble feet, vision, and the ability to accelerate in a hurry. And he has all three of those things. When you have arguably the best offensive line in the game and they're mauling people like that, it does make your job easier. But the back also has to pick the right hole. And whether he was dipping to the outside or going up the middle, you know, DeAndre Swift, watch when he runs that little hesitation body move that he has behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He's giving the offensive line to do their thing before he makes his move. And although he's not the biggest back out there, he's still strong enough to lower that shoulder and pick up additional arms, uh, additional yards. Those things consistently wear a defense down. You know, when, you're, when you've got a 16-play drive and 13 of them are runs, that's as demoralizing as it gets for a defense because no matter what type of adjustments they're trying to make, you can't stop it. And your offensive line loves it. They love run blocking. I mean, they, they really, if you look at what they did, Derek, a lot of this was on the back of Kelsey and the guards. I thought the guards – were excellent last night. I thought Cam Jurgens uh, and and Landon Dickerson did a really nice job. Yeah. Kelsey still Kelsey. If, if anybody had any questions after Week One, and and that's really where a lot of this was in, inside the you know inside the tackle boxes where they ran a lot um, last night. Real quick though, um, I know you just you just retweeted this as well, but yeah. uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN, uh, Eagles defensive back Avante Maddox is feared to have torn his pec. Uh, during Thursday night's win over the Vikings per source. He's expected to get a second opinion, but if it is confirmed, he would be out for the season. Man. That's not good. Um, no. You know, now you've got to come up with another slot slot corner. Maybe we understand now why, Brad, why Bradbury was playing, getting some reps um, at the slot corner as well. I don't see Bradbury as a definitive slot-type slot corner. He's more effective on the outside. Yeah. So either one of these young kids, whether it's Goodrich, um, or one of these kids is going to have to step up. He's a Sidney Brown. Job. But you're going to have to rely on one of these young kids. If you're not going to go out and, and try to spend money on the open market to get somebody in here. Um, I hate to see it, man, because watching, watching Avante Maddox grow, very humble, uh, very well thought out before he speaks, plays the game with, with all his heart, not the biggest guy out there in the world. It's unfortunate every year something happens to him. And it's a shame if that is the case, what Adam Schefter is reporting, his season is gone. And that's why I said, you know, before, it doesn't look good for him, you know, and mm -hmm. I couldn't find out whether it was the shoulder or the peck. Now Schefter's saying it's the peck. If it's definitely confirmed, there's no no question he's not coming back this year. Yeah, your your depth is as follows. Let's assume Bradbury comes back uh, Monday night against the Bucks. So you, you, we know the starters are on the outside. It's Bradbury and Slay. But yeah. you get beyond that, it's Job. It's Mario Goodrich. It's Eli Ricks. Uh, you know, it's Keely Ringo. You're talking about a bunch of kids, man. Like, mm -hmm. you you need a veteran. They're going to need Derek to bring a veteran corner in, potentially even another safety. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that ain't good. And it, look, I hate to say it, but – and there's no real explanation for it, but this is the kind of stuff that just sort of happens the sec you know, when you're coming off a Super Bowl season. You just – and they got fortunate last year. Most of the injuries were really short term. Yep. You know, three games, whatever. Were, you know, but this is this one could potentially be the season. And that's that's a shame because he's a very good slot corner, too. In addition to all the other like he's a good dude and he is. Yeah. But he's a good player, too. So and nobody uh, nobody in the NFL has sympathy for anybody's injuries. Everybody is going through injuries. 
Yeah. And especially when it comes to the Eagles, nobody in the league is going to have any sympathy for the Eagles uh, in terms of how many guys fall by the wayside, because that is the team that everybody is measuring themselves against. It's a shame that it has to happen. And let's face it, the depth on the back end of the defense, we talked about this, all training camp was thin at best. The fact that Terrell Edmonds couldn't even win the starting job coming out of training camp tells me they're not happy with this situation. And if you look at the way he played when he got in there last night, he made some glaring mistakes yep. as well. Yep. Um, so now you have a couple of positions you may have to address on the back end of that defense. Now, we saw how he do it last year in the trenches when he went out and got Linville Joseph and Dominican Sue. What's out there in the open market right now that can come in and help this team right away? But if Howard's going to make a move, he needs to make a move today or tomorrow to get whoever he's going to bring in acclimated. If they're going to be needed Monday night to go against Mike uh, Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin down in Tampa. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, you're you're not going against you know any, anybody easy. You're talking about two premier wide receivers. You know, uh, with these guys, that, that's the, one of the things that Tampa has is very good wide receiver talent. Uh, that much is for sure. All right, so uh, back to the offense here. So we mentioned 259 rushing yards, DeAndre Swift, 175. There were just so many encouraging signs there with him um, and how well he played. He was just really, really good um, in general. And I, what I, where I will give Brian Johnson and Nick credit is, look, you can go into a game with a, with a plan and it's, it's the old Tyson line, right, so you get punched in the mouth. But, like, they were able to pivot off of it and not be stubborn. And, and, and for the most part, here, here's the only thing that was weird after the blow up at the beginning of the fourth quarter with AJ Brown, yeah, they started throwing again. And I'm wondering if they were doing that to try to pacify him a little bit. I don't know, but I don't like it if that's what they were doing. But, but other than that, they really stayed consistent with the run. Even that last drive, they, they, they pounded it right down uh, the Vikings throat. Well, you can tell you can tell right after that they were doing what they could to appease him because Jalen goes right down the field, he rolls out, hits him for an apparent touchdown, is called back because of holding. And then the next time they go to him on an out route, and instead of coming back to the ball, he turns up and the DB cuts in front of him and slaps the ball away. Well, and the so, other one he got interfered on too. He got yeah. interfered on, yeah, yeah. Which they didn't call. So they, they, yeah, they definitely did that to appease him. But in the heat of a battle, especially if a game is close. You can't do that. You can't yeah. just go to him. You have to go with what a defense is giving you. You can't just go to someone to appease them because that's taking you out of character and continuity of what you're trying to accomplish and could hurt you against better teams more than it could help you. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So they they were dominant on the ground. We're left wondering, you know, exactly what this is going to going to look like here, uh, you know, from a passing standpoint. So, But not to say that there weren't some good things offensively. I mean, Devontae Smith, Derek, is – is becoming a superstar in front of our very oh, eyes. Oh. I mean, even the first catch, the, the deep shot, I think it was 54 yards, whatever it was, that was an underthrown ball by, yeah. by Jalen. He hits him in stride, it's a touchdown. But he goes up, he makes really tough traffic catches for a skinny guy. Yeah. Um, that was a heck of a catch. And and then, yeah, obviously he had the deep shot too, but what a stud he is. Um, great body control for him to turn around on a full run like that and catch that one for 54 yards. And then the thing that impressed me about the 63-yard catch, once he got by the cornerback, when he caught the ball, he never broke stride. When you when you see receivers catch deep balls like that, unless your name's Tyreek Hill, you see them, you know, step up there, you know, put a little bit more pep in their step trying to get to the end zone. He never broke stride. The DB caught up a little bit but couldn't quite catch him. 
And I think he's deceptively fast. Now, we knew yeah. he was fast. I didn't know he was that fast, you know. And, you know, Rob, same guy, once again, took a hellacious shot over the middle on that interception. Uh, oh, he got, he, got, he got drilled he by got a drill. And got drill. up like nothing happened. And, and, and Seth Joyner now sitting there looking at each other going, how in the world does this kid keep getting up? Yeah. Be as slight a build as he is, you know, but nothing phases this kid, man. Um, he is a complete receiver. He he may be emerging as the Eagles' number one receiver. Last year it was definitely AJ. This year it could be him. Yeah. Uh, he's unbelievably precise in his route running. Uh, I was really impressed in the Super Bowl, Derek. He took some shots, a couple Ooh. along the sideline. Yeah. And the dude, the dude pops up. I, I you know, I, I give him total props. But yeah, he he was very good in in a night where your passing game wasn't anything special. He was, you know, the other thing it felt like to me, and, and again, just my observation. Tell me, tell me where you fall with this. I don't blame them necessarily for this, but they were trying to sort of force feed Goddard with some high percentage throws. Yeah, and it's not his like the tight end screen for him is not really his game. You need to he need, they need to work him the way that the Vikings were working Hawkinson last night. I mean, Goddard had six catches for 22 yards. That's less mm-hmm. than four yards per catch. I mean, that was it was just useless stuff, honestly. Well, I don't have a problem with teams using the tight end screen because it does work. There's a time and place for it. But you know, again, here's the scenario we said, I guarantee you that coming out of the gate, they're gonna try to go to Goddard early, which they did. Right. You know, to get him more in the flow of a game after what he had last year, one ta- uh, last week, one target and, and no catches. But you're right. I think they misutilize him. I think he's better, especially in flat routes, uh, curls over the middle, setting down in a hole, looking for the open space. I didn't see enough of that from him. And a lot of times, if you consistently go to your tight end and he's killing a team underneath, what's going to happen? Somebody has to try to cheat up mm-hmm. to defend that. When they cheat up, then you're allowing your outside wideouts to have more one-on-one coverages when it comes to deep posts, as we saw with that deep post that Devontae Smith ran and scored a 63-yard touchdown on. They've got to do a better job of incorporating uh, Dallas Goddard in the game in the middle of the field the way the Vikings did with Hawkinson. Yeah. And I look, I think, again, this all goes back to what we're talking about here, that they're not there yet. I mean, they're just not there yet. And – we we all thought that the offense would be further along than it is, but they're not. And even even when you have talented players, it can look it can lack cohesion. And and right now they're lacking cohesion. I don't think they know what their identity is. I mean, maybe the identity turns into that they're a running team, but we know ultimately this team wants to pass to get a lead and then run the ball to milk the clock. That's what they would ideally like to do. That's what Howie wants to do. That's what Nick wants to do. This goes back to, to Joe Banner and Andy Reid. That's mm. what they want to do organizationally. Now, they may have to default to this, but I don't think we're there yet. Like, no. I'm, my opinion no. is with the offense, it's just early and, and they're ironing out kinks and it's going to take a minute when you have a new coordinator. That's where I'm at. Like, I'm not in, oh my God, Jalen's regressed. This offense is in big trouble mode. I, I'm, I'm not there yet. There's, there's too much holdover talent. From last year, the entire offense is back. Number one, um, it, it it has shown that it still has big play capability, even though it's sporadic right now. It's ironing out some of the rough edges. It's identifying a lot quicker in game situations what a defense is trying to do to you. 
Brian Johnson has to be able to see these things a lot quicker to make adjustments. But I will say this, as their safety valve, they are one of, few, one of the few teams in the league, maybe Cleveland being the other and maybe one other, that if things are not going smoothly overall in an offensive flow, they do have that ace in their pocket, which is a dominant offensive line that can pound you. And if you even with the team or if you're ahead of a team and you're trying to protect the lead and milk a clock, they can consistently get that done. There's very few defenses in the NFL that can stand toe-to-toe with this Eagles in ter- uh, Eagles offensive line in terms of trench warfare when it comes to a running game. Now, you know, you look at a team like Tampa, they have that Vita Via, and that's a big boy. Oh, man. He's going to be clogging up a lot of space in the middle, which will allow the other guys around him to do a lot of different things. The, Vi- uh, the, the Buccaneers also have a very good trio of linebackers, headlined by Levante David. So the game plan is going to have to be a different. Now, obviously, the first few series, for both offense and defense, it's a feeling out process. What exactly is Tampa trying to do? How do we counter this quicker? Because let's face it, Rob, to be quite honest, as we sit here today, I'm elated the Eagles are 2-0. and But Lady Luck has shined brightly on them for two games now. You go back to that Patriots game, they get two turnovers. One was a pick six. The other one sets them up in prime position. They get 13 points off of that and build a 16-0 lead. Yeah. Vikings turned the ball over four times. That kid Powell, beautiful puck oh. return. And again, special teams. They were going to be in great field position, Derek. Yes. Put him at the Vikings like put him at the Eagles like 30-yard line. Yep. Fumbles the ball before he hits the ground. Yep. And and that Justin Jefferson gaff was a game changer. Everything. That, that flipped game. that flipped that whole game, man. Yes. That that's worst case, they're getting three there. Probably seven, and the Eagles may not have time to do anything for Elliott to get that that what was sixty one yard or whatever it was. Yes. You know, it just it changed everything. There's no no question about it. That took a lot of a wind out of Minnesota sail uh, when that play occurred like that. And I'll give Jefferson credit. You saw him beating his chest, saying that's on me. That's on me. He he knows he's better than that. I hate that rule, by the way. I do too. I don't I don't understand the rule. I hate that rule, Rob. You know. And obviously, it's not going to change because so many teams have been affected by that rule in recent years. It is what it is now. Luckily, yeah. in, in this case, it worked in favor of the it Eagles. Did. It did, yeah. you know. So, but 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 for the most part, right now, this feeling out process, this finding out who we are, plugging and playing, especially on defense, plugging and playing a bunch of kids now, and relying on them more so than you thought we would. Um, the formula is going to change a little bit. It's going to, I think it's going to change a lot on defense, change a little bit on offense. Now you've got extended time to catch your breath after four, two games in four days. Sit back in your offices looking at the film, yeah. breaking everything down, and not, not restarting from, from, the, from the bottom, but building a different type of building block in terms of how we want to have point-counterpoint. When teams do this, we're going to come back with this much sooner in games than they've shown in the first two. No question. And and look, the good thing is you you know you have things that you have to fix, but you're doing it with the advantage of being 2-0 and o, as opposed to being in a hole at 0-2. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those, you know, the turnovers that they've got in the last two weeks, yeah, some of that was sort of self-inflicted stuff by the team that they were playing. But to the Eagles' credit, Sweat's getting a strip sack. You know, Justin Evans is making a play last night. Like, Right. Guys are stepping up and taking the ball away. And that's something this team did at a very high clip last year for most of the year. I yep. think they finished third, but they were first for a long time. 
they're getting back to that. They have six turnovers caused in, in, in two, two weeks. Games. Yes. Three per game, man. So that's that is a really good sign that they're they're being opportunistic here in terms of taking absolutely. The ball. And that's the name of the game. If you can take the ball away, the defense is supposed to either stop them or take the ball away and give your team give a give your potent offense an opportunity to take even more pressure off of you. And, and, and so far in two games, they've done that. Hey, you got Debo in the chat here says bring Gannon back. Um, but here's the other thing. How would you like to be the Vikings, Derek? So two games this year, seven turnovers, and they've lost by a total of nine points. Like if, if you're Kevin O'Connell, you got to be just like, are you kidding me, man? Like if they just somewhat take care of the football, they could either be two and zero or worst case one and one. I mean, they, they have shot themselves in the foot in a huge way. Um, Obviously, the defense is a major problem for that team. Yeah. Um, if you go back to the first game against Tampa, they allow Tampa in the fourth quarter to pick up key third down and key fourth down situations. And they also allow Tampa to basically run out the clock the last 352 yep. of the game. Same here. They let this Eagles offense go 16 plays down the field and chew up eight vital minutes on the Ooh. clock. No three and out, no six and out. 16 plays, 13 runs. Yeah. I mean, you got to be smart enough to know, and you got to start cheating. You know they're going to run the football against you at that point. When they're having success, you're going to have to start cheating bodies up again and start taking your shots. They wouldn't do it. They stayed in these shallow fronts and allowed the Eagles just pick pick their way down the field and chew up the clock. Eight minutes is huge in a game of that magnitude in terms of momentum swings. And they clearly could not do anything to stop this this Eagles offense. And that's the trend we've seen with Minnesota the first two games. <clears throat> Defense cannot get off the field at strategic points of the game, and it's cost them twice. Yeah. All right. Um, we come back. Let's talk some defense here because, yes, they ended up giving up 28 points, but they were they were a really banged-up bunch. Um, yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll continue to update you if we get anything a little bit more concrete on Avante Maddox, some of the other injuries that the Eagles are dealing with right now. But – some massive positives here with Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis again. Uh, we talked about Zach Cunningham. I thought Josh Sweat was all over the place. So we'll get into that uh, when we come back from a defensive standpoint. And, and, you know, like we were talking about, this is a team that's taking the ball away a lot as well. All right, so don't go anywhere. That is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's talk to you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances – you know, it can be a challenge, right? It's a scary proposition to find that right person. Uh, I want you to find the right person because I did, and it has been a big time changer uh, in my life. That's for sure. Uh, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business. And you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That is another resource that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers, and with Jim and I couldn't be any happier. It was the absolute right move for me. The other thing uh, that I really appreciate is um, he's always got time for you. If you have some questions about maybe, you know, a move you want to make, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing some trends here. Do we need to do this? What is this? Can you explain to me the best way? What's the most efficient thing for me? Uh, I do that kind of stuff all the time. And Jim's always there. Just give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610 Four seven five one. You could also email him as well. Murray M U R R A Y. dot Jim at principal. com. That's Murray. dot Jim at at principal. com. 
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. back happy friday one and all Derek gun rob ellis hanging out with you what are, what are the weekend plans the gun looking like oh let's see um my son's fiance has her birthday party tomorrow so uh we will be uh, making an appearance there uh tonight i got the militant midgets again overnight dude and i'm hurting i didn't get to bed last night until three in the morning because i was working on the show for today and I had to get up at eight, get out of there at nine to get back here. It takes two hours to get back. I didn't get back because of construction coming back in Jersey at down Route 40. Took me two and a half hours to get back. So I'm dry, I'm dragging it. Sunday, after church duties, I will come home and I will channel surf for whatever game's on until I hear the cry. Can you come here a minute? I need you to do something. <laughs> so that will be the extent of my weekend, my buddy. What about you? Good. Um, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, Wait, you're not working? I'm off tomorrow. I got to work. Whoa. Whoa. I'm working Sunday. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy tomorrow, man. And and like it weather wise, it looks perfection in our area. It's like, you know, low to mid 70s, sunny. It's going to be great weather wise. So I'm looking forward I'll to be, that. I'll, I'll be spending a lot of time on the swing set and the trampoline with the little ones. And Good my way family. to go, man. You, you, you yeah. could do, be doing worse things. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, but 
I, I got to strategically see that two-year-old granddaughter who has already learned that no matter what she says, my, my daughter taught her the art of, please, she does this. <laughs> She does this to me and her other grandfather and her okay. and her brother and her cousins. Yep. And they just we all just melt like butter. So uh-huh. as soon as she walks in, that, that, I want to go outside on the swing. Yeah. How you say no to that? But tomorrow I must strategically plan this because there's no way I'm missing Colorado against Colorado State tomorrow. Especially after did you see that video clip of what I sent you what Dion did? He gave out his blender sunglasses to yeah. all the team. And he gave them all out to, to the uh, first take set as well. Who were yes. there in, in Colorado. Yeah. That's I, like 90 pair of glasses he's given out, dude. It, it is. It's amazing to me. You're already a four touchdown underdog as Colorado state. Right. And you, you're why you would say anything other yeah. than being complimentary is beyond belief to me. It really is. It, it, it is. I, I will never understand what people are thinking at times. You keep, you, you know, you keep your mouth shut. Maybe, maybe you pull off the upset of the season. If you go in there and, and win that game, if you're them, but now you just tick them off even more. Now they're going to, they're going to beat the brakes off of you and, and run it up on you probably too, at the same time. Jay Norville, as a coach, you you should know there's certain things, especially since you're zero and one and you got embarrassed your first game. Yep, you should know that what to walk with humility, and and the thing is, the comedy he made was unsolicited. Nobody really asked him about it. Yeah, he starts talking about how you know you take your head off and your glasses off when you talk to people. That's just the way I was brought up. Yep, and you didn't think that was going to get back to Dion and his crew. And sure enough, yesterday in practice, Dion said they just made it personal. All we wanted to do was practice and get ready and have a good game in state rivalry, exactly. but they just made it, and the whole team goes personal. Yep. And then he walks in today and gives everybody their sunglasses. I wouldn't be surprised because Dion has changed the entire landscape of college football in a matter of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if all the players come out for pregame warmups wearing those sunglasses. To be honest, I wouldn't with you. be surprised either. I would not be one bit surprised. And and you can guarantee this. If they do shake hands, there won't be a hat taken off or sunglasses Ooh. taken off. And and the entire press conference, there will be a hat on and sunglasses on. I can tell you that much, man. Man, let me tell you something, man. Um, I don't know, I don't know if 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 Colorado is national championship material in one season under Dion. I don't even know if they can beat Oregon and or USC in back to back weeks. Yeah. But I do know one thing. They're a very talented group. They are fast and furious. Yep. You know, and they're going to score some points. Yeah. And instead of getting beat by 30 like you just said, you might get beat by 50 because you opened your mouth. Yeah. I, I guarantee you this also. There are a lot of old school traditional college coaches. They're gritting their teeth at the way Dion has approached this college season. Yeah. Because you know how it is. It's a copycat league. Yep. And you got to you got to you got to change up to stay up with what's going on. Yeah, so, I mean what what you're going to see, Derek, is yeah. like massive player turnover with somebody. What? The, what? Way the way Colorado went about it, yeah. Rob, would you not want to play for a Hall of Famer who's vocal, inspirational, flamboyant? Would you not want to go there? 
Right. And the other thing is, where do you see the amount of pros? If, you know, it depends on how long he stays there, but the amount of pros that he just starts cranking out. Oh. They're going to be on national TV and all the pregame shows are going to be at their place. This is all the stuff that appeals to, to kids. They're getting exposure that you normally wouldn't get, even at some of the bigger programs that you went to. Yes. So it, it has, look, it was, a, it, was, it was an all-time coup of a hiring. All time. I mean, one of the best hirings you could you could possibly make. Kudos to, to Colorado for doing it. Um, that's for sure. All right, let's uh let's go back to the birds here, Derek, and let's give some love here. Jordan Carter or uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis both through the first two weeks, and, and Davis had an, another sack. He had a half sack week one and a sack last night. These two are showing you that the Eagles have two monsters for a very long time in the middle of that field. Dude, I tell you what, the Georgia Bulldogs are clamping down in the middle of their defense, man. Yeah. Look at this. Look at these numbers here. Jalen Carter, two games, 11 pressures, 10 hurries, one sack, and he's played less than 50% of the snaps. What if you played that man as much as you play Fletcher Cox, 52, 60% of the snaps? Mm-hmm. What would he do then? He is unblockable right now. Yeah. You know, now granted. Vikings were down a couple of linemen. Okay, I give you that. But you know what? You're professional. You put on that uniform. You, you're you deemed good enough to keep. You got to have some technique about you. It don't make a difference. And Jordan Davis, man, has been has been lights out, heads and shoulders better in two games already this year than what he was the entire season last year. When was when did you remember last year Jordan Davis being on the field in third down? It wasn't. No, no. That's third- the thing that's been most impressive. Look, I'd feel good about him if he was just dominating in the run game. Like that'd be great. He is—he's now showing you that he's a three-down tackle. Oh. Yeah, the fact that he's got a sack and a half through two games—a guy we thought was going to be an occupier of blockers or yeah. a run stuffer—is unbelievable. Did you see the one play? It was like a third and nine where he pushed the line back into Kirk Cousins' face and forced yeah. Kurt and the, yeah. uh, Cousins to throw it away yeah. from the snap. And then there was one play as soon as the snap. He did a quick swim move to the inside. The, the the offensive lineman never had an opportunity to even set his feet. Mm-hmm. He did a swim move and forced Cousins to throw it away. Uh, so he did that a couple of times in the game. One with a bull rush move, which forced the lineman back. The other one, he, he did a swim move, shot the gap. And he was on top of Cousins before Cousins was back in his drop. And I'm thinking, this man is like 6'5", 340 pounds with cat-like quickness, quickness like this. Yep. This is what the Eagles hoped they were going to see last year. Hey, it's better late than never, right? Yeah, and and, and again, this is where y- y- you got to like I, – I know we want everything immediately now. Like I know that's just the society. Oil drop. Yeah, sometimes you got you, you to gotta put it in the oven and bake it a little bit, you know, and he needed a little bit of time. Now, some guys – look, Jalen Carter looks like a house wrecker, you know, from the second he stepped on a field. Some guys don't need that year. Some do. That's okay. Everybody's different. Jalen Carter has it all. Has it all. He is a monster. He is a primetime player right now. Um, I thought it was interesting on the broadcast last night, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet, who covered him in college, obviously, uh, yep. said what he was hearing regarding Carter was he's been incredibly humble. He's asking questions. He's you know been a model uh, teammate thus far around the facility, like they love with that aspect of what they're seeing from him, and that's all you worried about. Like you knew he could play; nobody doubted he could play. It was 
how committed is this kid? How how locked in is he? What you know? What are you getting here in terms of character? And you know, all you can go off of what is of what is it's been so far, and he's been awesome so far. I think part of it too is Rob, considering what he went through this past off season, um, whether it was his agent or his family members or the Eagles coaching staff who talked to him, they basically said, "Look, you need to keep a very low profile because anything that you do." Contrary to that, it's going to be magnified. And, of course, that incident is going to be brought up again. Yeah. Um, And I think he has done a tremendous job in terms of staying below the radar and just focusing on football. And because of the way he's playing, you know, nobody's talking about that anymore. They're talking about this young man's athleticism, cat-like quickness, burst, power, everything. He is everything he was built to be, which was one of the top two um, defensive players coming out in the draft this year. Yeah, no question. All right, so I also thought Josh Sweat was great yesterday. Um, he had the strip sack, but he was he was a guy who was forcing Cousins to either get rid of the ball quickly, making him uncomfortable in the pocket. Like, he was right back to last season's form um, was Sweat last night. Yeah, um, and, and they're going to need that, you know, and, and it's a little surprising that when you look at the d- discrepancy in terms of snap counts, that Sweat is getting way more than the likes of Brandon Graham. But obviously, there's a reason for that. Um, Even when he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's collapsing the edge there and making the quarterback think about his presence. You know, the quarterback is trying to see one, two, three, four options down the field, but he's got to keep half an eye on where Sweat is coming from. Mm -hmm. And Josh Sweat has that relentless motor. Obviously, playing the majority of the snaps has not affected his stamina, stamina, no injury. Uh, up to this point. Um, I thought there would be more balance between him and, and, and like a, a Brandon Graham. But when you're talking about a guy, one guy playing 49 snaps and the other one only playing 17, mm-hmm. that tells me that there's a reason why he is out there. They need his presence more so than ever before. And to me, even though he may not generate the same amount of snaps that he, de- that he did uh, from a year ago, I think he's even better in terms of technique, burst, angles, and being a disruptive factor in the backfield. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think – tell me what you what your sense is of this, Derek. I, I think they're also, to an extent, pacing Brandon Graham. You know, trying to give – trying to buy him time so he's fresh, you know, midway point, late in the season, postseason, whatever. I, I think maybe last night the, the snap count you said is, is a bit of an extreme. But I, I think that's part of what they're doing here as well. Well, he's 35 years old. Yeah. You know, he's not a, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He'll admit that. Um, you know, that's a valid point. I didn't look at it like that. Maybe they are saving him for much more strenuous games coming up. When you talk about that murderer's row, they're going to need his veteran presence out there, maybe even more so. Right. Because Brandon will see certain things that younger guys just don't see yet. Mm-hmm. And Brandon will try to anticipate and get certain angles that young guys just don't see or recognize yet. So maybe that is the case. Maybe they're protecting Brandon from himself. Two years ago, he had that Achilles. Right. Can you imagine if a Brandon Graham went down and you're already talking about N'Kobe Dean down as well. No. And now Vontae Maddox down. No. That's a oh, huge you can't, you can't lose guys like that. You know, the, no. the other thing, the, the beauty of Brandon Graham, too, is, Derek, you never have to worry about him. Like, nope. you're not going to hear any issues with him in terms nope. of Plays. You know, he's unhappy with his snaps. Or, nope. There's none of that. He, he is the ultimate team guy. No. You know what? He's been decorated. Um, you know, he's got his ring. He's got his money. He, he's He's 
He's re-signed here at a bargain basement price because he's committed, number one, to the organization. He loves playing for this organization, and obviously the organization loves what he means to them, not just as a player, but as a stand-up community guy and a locker room guy who will teach the young guys the right way as well. And, of course, he wanted to stay true to what he was committed to, which was finishing his career as a Philadelphia Eagle. And let's face it, this very well could be his last year in an Eagles uniform. Of course, we keep saying that about Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey keeps coming back. But for both of those guys, again, this could be the swan song. And they want to go out on a high note. No question. No question. All right. So any other other, um, individual – and look, the Eagles as a unit shut down the defense, uh, the the rushing offense of of the Vikings too. I'm not sure they have much of a rushing attack, but they they shut it down. Any other individual stand out to you? on that side of the ball gunner. Cause then we'll get into some of the things that, that are you know, a little, a little worrisome here. I would say Fletcher Cox was Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox gave a presence um, when he had to Fletcher Cox is, is maybe not the right. biggest. Fletcher's had a great first two games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Fletcher may not be the biggest D tackle in the game, but my goodness, he's one of the strongest, you know, he held the line of scrimmage. He got significant push as well yep. um, in that line. Uh, and I thought for the old man on the defensive line, Fletcher Cox is, is going toe-to-toe with these young kids, letting them know I'm not done yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not done yet. Now, I still say Fletcher plays well in spurts. And, and, he's, and he's been that player for the last several years. You know, you don't hear from him for a lot of the game, but he comes up when he has to. And that's okay from a veteran. Yep. Yep. You know, um, you, we need you for big plays. We need you to help us get through – Social, uh, certain crucial situations. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Fletcher Cox's presence does for this defense right now. I agree with you. Look, I think he's been awesome. Um, yes. I, I think maybe there's a little bit of a fountain of youth thing. Maybe you know, be, just being around Carter and Davis. I, I don't know, but he th- that Gunner that foursome that they roll out of Davis and Carter and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams is really damn good, man. And I don't think Milton Williams gets enough recognition he's like the afterthought of the quartet but Milton Williams has had two good games yeah you know he doesn't get a whole lot of snaps but when he's in there you know his presence he's good against the run he's a good pass rusher as well yep um and 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 you're right Rob I, I I'm hard pressed to think of another team that can go four deep the way this can't this team can't in the D tackle position Absolutely. And just a, just a quick reminder, uh, guys, and we talked about this uh, last week. We, we love the participation. We love the chat. We see you. We appreciate you. But if you're going to be out of line, you're going to be vile, you're going to be idiotic, you're going to be gone. Okay? You're going to be gone. And you will not be a part of the show. So just an FYI, we got a couple clowns that have already been bounced today. And that will continue. You know, we like – 99% of the folks are awesome. Yes. That. Yes. Unfortunately, there's a couple knuckleheads who aren't going to ruin it for everybody. They're just going to ruin it for themselves and be gone. That's all. Yeah, I don't understand why people live their lives being antagonists like that for no reason. You yes. get certain pleasure, certain joy out of trying to antagonize other people. I mean, you know, let's face it. This is fun. Yep. This sports is about fun. This is not life or death. Yeah. You know, but you get people, and I, and I see it on chats all across the board. I see it. On our other shows on the Jacob platform, yep. I see it on our pre and post game shows, and other and when I'm watching other po- people's podcasts and stuff like that, there's like certain people they just live to be miserable, and I just yep. don't get it. You know, yeah. 
I mean, is your life that miserable? You want to try to bring everybody else down or just irk everybody else? Yeah, because it, most it's, people in here, I want to talk football and have fun. Have fun, exactly. But you get these, you get these idiots that get in here and they think it's funny when they get people riled up, and it's not. Yeah, it's not a right to be in the chat. It's not. If you're if you're going to uh, get racial or homophobic or be yeah. gross Take with certain things, somewhere else. You're going to be gone. We we don't we don't play that. So and anyway, again, it's a it's a tiny little portion of folks. So anyway, that's all. That's all. And we've and that's been taken care of. We took the trash out. And everybody who's still there, we love you. So just just so you know, this is not a everybody's this, everybody's that. So anyway, um, all right. But here's the concerning part, Derek. And some hey, of this you can't do anything. Hold up, about. Yeah, I I know what the answer is already, but I love bringing this up anyway. So yeah. Jabari Johnson says, hey, Rob, can we get a gritty for the Vikings win? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't I done enough gritties? Do I do, do, <laughs> do we need more of this? Does the world need more of me? Come on, man. It's Friday, man. Come on, man. Oh, it's Friday. Dude, I'm trying to remember. How do I do it? I don't even remember how you do it. God almighty. <laughs> I could actually just set it up. I could do it right here in the living room. Come on, like, man. Come on, Rob. I could do it. Yeah, we, we, could, we could get me going doing something. Come on, Rob. I don't know. We'll see. How could I could I do this with holding this thing? I don't even know. No, just leave it wide like that. All you got to do is leave, leave it wide. Set wide. All right. Yeah, leave it set wide. What am Come I? Oh, Rob, give us a victory gritty. Oh God! All right, can you see me? I got you. <laughs> I don't think you've ever had you do this crap. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> Eagles win victory Friday. Yes. There you go. All right, that's enough. I've embarrassed myself enough. Oh my oh, God. Man. Why do I do it? Oh, oh my goodness. I really oh. love you, Derek, and you guys, and everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. All right. Rob, you are a great sport, man. You really are. You really <laughs> I, are, dude. I have no problem embarrassing myself. Obviously, I do it every day. So there you go. You know what, Rob? Yeah. And I say this all the time, and it's so true. If you can't laugh at yourself and have fun, you shouldn't laugh. You should never laugh at anybody else. You're you're right. And I'll tell you, man, if you can't laugh at yourself, it's it's going to be a challenging life for you. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you if you can't poke fun at some of your your weirdness or your yeah. idiosyncrasies yeah. or oh man, do you do you believe I just said that? Like if you can't be self-deprecating, yes. uh, it's yeah. gonna be tough for you. You, you know, know, um, there's a part of me that, that when like when I'm in malls and stuff like that, and if I start dancing when I'm with my kids, I'm like, Dad, please. You know, I enjoy embarrassing yeah. them, and I don't I don't even care. I never once think about people saying. Oh, that's D gun over there. I could care less. I'm just a guy out shopping like everybody else. And yeah. sometimes I just like looking at the, my kid's face. Dad, really, what are you doing? What are that's you doing? what I love to do. I, I real like if we're even if it's just putting my arm around my daughter or something, she'd be like, Dad, come on, you know, like we're out somewhere. I, I love it. I love just kind of getting to them a little bit or singing or whatever, you know. Now, now you people, now you people in the chat, you enjoyed Rob doing this, but we want to see some of you guys do the gritty. Now, you know our website, our email page. We haven't hit that email page yeah, in a lot. Yeah, Tone, can you, can, you can you pull that up, buddy? Can uh, when you get a chance, Tone, just just throw yeah. up there our uh, our email address so people can send. And you know the other thing you could do is whether it's there you go, uh, sports take Jacob at Gmail. Uh, dot com if yeah. you could you guys have all weekend some of you send us your version of the gritty let us have a chance to have a little fun at your expense yeah you know? so, so send but, us that or just send us like hey I, this is pretty cool i i, I climbed this mountain or, you know, whatever yeah. whatever you're up to whatever send you're us some cool stuff 
you know, bike riding the bike riding the Grand Canyon, parasailing. Yeah. I mean, just I the, the, kid, the kid's birthday party, what yeah. like like Derek has it in your 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 son's fiance, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun stuff. So, That's all. We can so. better connect with our chat room. Uh, Amanda said, "Rob," and, and she put this in capitals. Rob, extra Caucasian. <laughs> 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 guilty guilty is charged yeah oh, oh my man. god yeah that that's true i'm see-through man that i am see-through no wrong um, with that brother that's you why i can't go I, I go out in the sun i'm like baking on a on a griddle man shh, you can hear like the shh you know oh and, man and, oh my god um uh, all right so all right the, so the concerning thing uh defensively a couple things Derek. again i don't get that cranked up about the, the fact that the vikings were able to throw for a lot of yards i just think it's a it's almost a perfect storm. You had a lot of injuries, and you have a really good. Let's face it: the the strength of the Vikings is Justin Jefferson and and, and the passing game, and Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson. That's the strength of what they do. Yeah. So I'm not as worried, but you know, it is getting troubling here with these injuries. So hopefully, Bradbury can come back from the concussion, and and hopefully it's not too severe with the ribs with Blankenship. Okay, so you let's let's just uh, for the sake of the argument here, the discussion. Assume they're going to be back for the Tampa game. But potentially, if you hadn't heard, it looks like reports are from, from Adam Schefter and Derek, you had this as well, uh, a pretty serious injury here for Avante. It may be a torn peck, and if that's the case, he'd be done for the season. That's a big deal. Uh, Nicobe Dean being out for the next three games is a big deal. So now you're already down, guys, in areas where you weren't all that deep anyway. Your linebacking crew was thin. Your safety crew was thin. You know, your your cornerbacks after your first three are thin. There's this is worrisome, Derek, because you may this may turn into like you having to score a lot of points every single week just to win. Well, you know what, Rob? Um, I, I will say this also. Even if this defense was healthy, it was going to be a problem because number one, new personnel you've incorporated, you had to get younger to get better down the road. And number two, because of the collection of receivers you're facing this year compared to last year. Right. Now, we went through this, uh, I believe it was in training camp, but you got Terry McLaurin coming. You got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin. You've got Garrett Wilson. You've got that nightmare, Tyreek Hill, along with Jalen Waddle. You've got C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks coming. You've got Stefan Diggs coming. You got Debo Samuels. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Enjigba coming. So you've got all these you're going to face. You're going to have problems anyway. But when you're at a deficit like this, and if you're going to rely on kids, you know what? Bed down the hatches, man, because it could be thunderstorms before clear, clear, clear skies. You you're cannot, not wrong. Yeah. You cannot be Pro Bowl caliber in every position. Every team offensively and defensively has a weakness. And like you just said, because of the youth movement on the back end of this Eagles defense, that's going to be a problem. I don't care. And to be honest with you, Rob, I don't care how many game reps they get. Those are the best of the best. Those are the receivers that jockey every year to be the number one receivers in the league. Yeah. We just played the guy who was the, the receiving champion last year. Right. And oh, by the way, we're going to play the guy who was number two in Tyreek Hill and who is arguably the best and the fastest in all yep. the NFL. Yep. It's You're a right. nature game. You're going to get beat, but you got to minimize how they beat you. That's that's the key. Yeah, that's the yeah. The, the thing is, 
okay, they're going to get theirs to an extent, but they can't destroy you. You know, and that that's the big thing. That's the problem with a lot of those guys you just talked about too. It, it's a lot of deep shots, you know, with Tyreek Hill. It's a lot of yeah. home runs. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a problem. Look, they're, they're going to fall under some scrutiny here, Derek, because they, you know, they let TJ Edwards walk. They let CJ GJ walk. They made those decisions. You know, you yeah. only pay so many people. Um, so they, they better hope a, that they can get healthy and that these guys, you know, can learn the NFL game relatively quickly who are younger and, or make a move. And, and, Again, Howie didn't make his prototype kind of move that he usually makes right before the season started. Like they, I know they added pieces like Zach Cunningham and all that, but he usually makes a trade for someone of some significance. They didn't really do that, right? So that that very well could be coming here. Oh, there's there's no question. I yeah. I would I would bet money that Howie's on the phone right now, trying to figure out how he's going to replace Avante Maddox. Yeah, I don't think Avante Maddox's replacement is on the roster right now. To yep. be honest with you, yeah, um, that that's not how he does things. Yeah, you know, he understands that there's value into young guys maturing, but when you are a team built to be, repeat as a Super Bowl contender, and you're the odds-on favorite to win the NFC, you want to be as sound as you can be across the board at all positions. You always you always have to get younger to get better. But there are guys still sitting out there who are just waiting for somebody to call them that would jump in an opportunity to come at a team like this. They may even take less money to come here because it might give them an opportunity to do something they haven't done their entire careers, Mm -hmm. which is compete for a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And that's what I I was doing. Well, that and that's the balance you're always you're always you're looking to turn the roster over, get younger simply because you need youth and you can't pay everybody a ton of money. But you also know that this is a team that's competing for a Super Bowl this year. You're trying to win it this year. You were three points away from it last year. You have older players like Kelsey and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, blah, 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 blah. You're trying to win it this year, but you're trying to incorporate some of these guys into it. The last thing you needed was this kind of injury, too, to add to it, which which speeds up the process of these guys having to be out there a lot more than they normally would have. Yes. Yes. And that's why I expect I expect an announcement any day from the Eagles organization. Somebody's been at it. Yeah. Um, we knew the depth factor was thin going into this season when you we transition from veteran presence to youth. Um, and we understand that. Um, how he let how he had to let go some key players because they didn't fit the Eagles budget moving yep. forward. And I think obviously because he understands there are more players after this season, they're going to have to pay. They've already identified players they want to keep for 2024 whose contracts are coming up. Yep. And they've got to figure out a way to get them. Even though they're going to get an additional 10, 12 million in the cap, you still have to let go to rebuild. Yeah. And who are the players that they want to make sure they keep here uh, to rebuild for 2024? That's why I say Howie is one of the best of the best and all teams do this, but Howie's really good at doing this, you know, when the new season starts, he's already looking not just at this season, but already to 2024. Yeah. And, th- and th- it's a jockey position. If this team, who they think is here in terms of ability, all of a sudden starts to slide, he moves down the board. Somebody else could move up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the w- that's the way the game goes. But yeah, they still have enough cap space right now. They can bring somebody. Um, they thought Terrell Edmonds would be Terrell Edmonds is. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. To me, it's been a disappointment for this yeah. team. You know, so anything that you get out there right now is is not going to be top caliber. They got lucky and got CJ in here last year. You know, yeah. I don't think there's a CJ type player out there right now. I don't think so either. Uh, Timothy asked, did any of the linebackers stand out? Um, I thought Zach Cunningham stood out last night, oh, but he played no very well. Zach Cunningham played phenomenal. And I liked Morrow's game. I I, I thought yeah. Morrow did some things. I did too. Um, yeah. Morrow's only problem is a little bit undersized. But outside of that, I thought they both filled in admirably, mm-hmm. um, considering they were playing a very a very potent offense. You know, But once they made that offense one-dimensional – I thought they played as well as you could ask them to play under those circumstances. Agreed. Agreed. All right. When we come back, Derek, we're going to look ahead to Sunday and at the NFC East, the Cowboys are hosting the Jets. The Commanders are at the Broncos. The Giants are at the Cardinals. We're also going to look at the Buccaneers. They're, they're taking on the Bears. So that would be the, you know, the three teams in the NFC East and also the next opponent for the Eagles. So we'll dig into all those things. When we come back, we got our full-blown NFL segment at 2 o'clock, which will we'll go through the best games of the week. Also, tons of stuff to do. And it's a heavy, heavy football Friday, which is always fun. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. All right, let's tell you about ProAction Restoration. Yes, ProAction Restoration. Place that you reach out to if your home, your business, your property goes through the, the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. Could even be beyond that. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Years back, uh, my parents got flooded in their basement, and they didn't know what to do. It was a Saturday. They called me. I got over there. We were all trying to bail the water out of there, and it just wasn't getting anywhere. So I reached out to ProAction Restoration. They got right over there. They fixed the problem. They cleaned up the mess. The price was right. The crew was great. It was a, it was a really uh, excellent experience all around. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore Have a ball once more Here, imaginations run wild And time stands still Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore All on one five-mile island So leave the old you behind And get lost in the woods Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. It's Derek. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Friday. Hope you're doing well out there, what folks. Uh, huh? What are you eating? I, I, I was eating some goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I yeah. can't. I just can't. <laughs> I know. I was. I. I didn't have any lunch. I, I'm just trying to get something going. I'm starved. I'll, I'll get through it. I'm. I'm tough. <laughs> I'm a tough guy. Oh, um, my- yeah, so I, I just, I just, I'm all like, in the, during the break, I'm shoving them in my mouth. It's great. Oh my goodness, what an image! Um, all right, Derek. So let's look at the a, the NFC East here. And yeah. What's going on this week? I mean, the first part of this is it. This is really, this really stinks. This Cowboys Jets game was just setting up to be one of those man where if you're a football fan, you you were you were locking this thing in, mm-hmm. and you know here we are, right? And and. Dallas is a nine-point favorite. Uh, you just wonder how long can this Jets defense hold up? Is Zach Wilson going to be able to get through this game and not make mistakes? I, I just I don't I don't have a good sense for this thing. I, I think Dallas eventually wears them down and wins this thing pretty handily. What do you think about that game? I, it's a game I still want to see because of both defenses. They play two different styles of defense. I think. Um, the Jets defense is that proverbial lockdown defense from front to back. 
I think the Dallas defense front seven is as fast as anybody's in the NFL, but they're susceptible on the back end. Now Dallas got to uh, Dallas got to Daniel Jones seven times, uh, dropped him seven times last game. The Jets defense dropped Josh Allen five times. So yeah. both of those defenses have more sacks in one game than the Eagles have in two games. But that's yeah. all right. But I still want to see it because I think this is going to be a physical game. If if somehow some some way Robert Sala can get Zach Wilson just to manage the game, I think it's going to be a really close game. Because if there's one big criteria in Dak Prescott's overall game, sometimes he holds the ball too long. Right. And that's and that's the wrong thing to do against this Jets defense. Now I will say this. If there's an offensive line I like matched up against this Jets defense, it's the Dallas offensive line. Dallas's offensive line is really good. And if and and, if, and I want to see that 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 warfare in the trenches on both sides of the football. I think Dallas is going to win the game, but I don't know. Nine points, bro. Woo, I don't know. Now Vegas It's a lot. Of, it's a lot. You know it really comes down to like yeah. can, can Wilson keep a little bit of pace? You know, can he keep pace? Yeah. I, I that I don't know. And I'll I, listen, I'll still be watching it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but oh, you know, you oh, do yes. wonder. We're gonna find out a little bit more about Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I give him credit. He came in there Monday night and he kept things afloat and he did all right. Sometimes it's easier, Derek, to step in when you don't have a week to think about it. Now he's mm-hmm. got an entire week to know he's the guy this season. Yep. Yep. How much does that play with his head? No that, question. You know, no question about it, Rob. And not only that, but he's got to play a defense that's going to keep his head on the swivel from yeah. start to finish. And with that dude, Michael Parsons, coming from different angles, you don't know where he's coming from. Uh, that makes it a very intriguing matchup. I like the fact, too, that both of these teams have really good running games. You got yeah. Tony Pollard on one side, and you got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook on the other side. Yeah. Will either team have a 100-yard rusher? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, if- if I'm the Jets, I'm taking the Eagles approach last night and just see how you deal with it. Yeah. Uh, try and run the ball a ton. Now they may take it away. Uh, you know they're going to load the box and force them to throw, but I would try it at least to establish it. You know, yeah, we'll both teams have good cover corners. You can put both of these teams' corners on an island with receivers yep. and not worry about them and allow the other nine guys to do a lot of different games. I still think it's an intriguing matchup. Yeah. Um, Obviously, when we talked about which game do we want to see the most this weekend, I said uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville. If Aaron Rodgers was playing in this game, it definitely would have been the Jets, um, Jets, Jets, Cowboys number one. But even with Aaron not playing, Jets, Cowboys is number two on my priority list. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's that's one where obviously I, I think I think Dallas is going to go to two and zero here. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, you have the Giants are taking on the Cardinals. Um, see, I, I, I think the uh, I think the Giants bounce back here. Um, I know they, they looked awful. I know you can't really look worse um, than they did, but I, I think they bounce back uh, in this one. I don't buy the Cardinals. I don't know how they kept it close against Washington last week. Giants are minus four in this one. Both teams are 0-1. I think this is a game where they get Saquon going on the ground. Uh, I think it's a game where, you know, you're going to see Daniel Jones look better. And I think this defense is going to look better. They, look, they were embarrassed. Let's face it. And, and Dable made no excuses and made made no bones about it. They got embarrassed last week. Uh, I bet Brian Dable has been preaching to them all week long. They were the only team in the first week of the season that scored no points in the National Football League. That's yep. embarrassing enough as it is. 
Yep. And, and on top of that, they didn't even score when Dallas called off the dogs. They still couldn't find it, find the end zone. Right. Um, that's that's embarrassing enough. Giants have some some injury issues. Uh, one player earlier this week was carted off the field in yeah. an ambulance. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much he played, but that's got to be that's got to be affecting them psychologically also. Mm-hmm. But when they stra- when they strap it up on Sunday, they've got to be all about business. I expect to see Daniel Jones get into a short rhythm pass passing game. I expect him to feed Saquon and, and even go to him frequently out of the backfield and swing passes and stuff like that. I expect to see a much better overall performance from the Giants, and they're playing the perfect opponent to get right against on Sunday. Yeah, they're the get right team. (laughs) They're going to be the get right team most of the year, I I think, that that Arizona team. And they will start Dobbs at quarterback. Not that it matters, but that's who's starting the quarterback. Um, All right, so there's that one. And then, you know, we'll we'll get into Darren Waller in a little bit with the Giants during our NFL segment. But uh, this one, the, the commanders at the Broncos. The Broncos are coming off a loss last week. After all the hype, the hype train with with Sean Payton and hey, the new Russell Wilson, all this kind of stuff, and they lost last week. You have a Commanders team that, uh, you know, got by the Cardinals at home, which is not a great sign necessarily. Um, they're at Denver. Denver's minus three and a half in this one. Uh, this feels like a Denver game to me. It feels like a Denver bounce back to me. Yeah, Denver lost a one point game against the Raiders uh, last week. Uh, Sean Payton, it, it does not take losing well. I think they'll get them refocused. Um, I, I, although Washington came back and won that game, I believe a three or four point victory. Uh, Sam Howell made some young quarterback mistakes. Yeah, Denver has a proven defense, and they get after you. Denver's got a good, fast defense, also. I think, uh, and and of course, Washington has to go play in that thin air. Um, and I just think that's going to be a little bit too much to overcome. I tell you what, Rob. If Washington beats Denver, we have to start watching this team closely. I don't care if they win by one point or, or ten points. If they Especially go and, there, yeah, I if, would agree with that. Yeah, if they go in and beat Denver, they may change my complex, complexion uh, of this Washington team because Denver's not an easy place to play, especially a Sean Payton coach team. I think you're right. I mean, th- this is where I'm going to be really interested to see what their defense is able to do, how much they're going to be able to nullify those guys um, if they go out there and play well. I know. Uh, you know, look, the key to this thing is going to be, can Washington put up enough points with Hal? Can Hal clean up some of the mistakes, excuse me, that he made uh, last week? Jerry Judy is going to play um, for Denver. So he's young. Right, yeah. He's been clear. So he's young to play, which is, yeah, which is big for their de- for Washington's defensive line for sure. Um, you know, let's face it, that's a tenuous situation, you know, for, for Ron Rivera. Yep. Like they yep. have to be a playoff team or he's gone. And I don't even know. I mean, even if they made the first got to the first round and got bounced, he may not survive it, but there, it, there's a lot of pressure there for him with new ownership there. Well, when he, new ownership says we have to win, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Hey, um, basically the, the edict is we respect you for what you've done here, but you haven't done it well enough. It's time for us to find somebody who can take us to that next level. And Ron Rivera is smart enough to know that his neck's on the line here. This is a pivotal se- season in his tenure in, in Washington. No question about it. A win in Denver against that Denver defense, that's a legit win for a Washington team with a young, untested quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the other, the flip side of that is there's a ton of pressure on Denver. I mean, with all, everything, 
you know, Sean Payton decided he was going to be ripping Nathaniel Hackett and, and all this other stuff. And yeah. but Fitness Rebel's a little behind and she just watched my gritty. Thank you. It was it was really particularly bad. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, Fitness Rebel. Thank you, Mootswing Bella. You didn't, uh, you didn't slide this time. <laughs> I didn't slide. You're right. I knew I was off. Something was off. Sorry. I'll, I'll get I'll be I got to be better. Um, but no, I mean, when you think about like he first of all, he comes in with bluster anyway because he's Sean Payton. But the whole, hey, we're going to get Russell Wilson back to who he was. He lost, what did they say? He lost 30 pounds or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. All of that stuff, plus ripping other organizations, was it was a, hey, it's it, it's great. You, you're going to do that kind of stuff, but you have to back it up. You know, and you're dealing with a division that's got Andy Reid, that's, you know, got some teams where it's not going to be easy. So uh, that's a that's a tenuous situation as well, I think. And not that he would get fired, but just like there, there was a lot of hype for that. Well, Sean, that Payne's, Sean Payne's got to be smarter. He's been around the block a few times. You got to be smarter than that. Yeah. You don't take shot at the coaching fraternity because what you do to somebody else could come back to you. Yeah. You know, and if you have a losing season, there's so much hype about Sean Payton coming in, taking over a playoff ready team roster wise. And if you have a losing season, see, that's, that's the bad karma that comes back to you for taking a shot at somebody else. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's a, it's a, a slippery slope, man. That's for sure. All right, out of the NFC East. Well, let, let's look at it this way, Gunner. So, are you on? The, are we on the same page here? Cowboys go to two and zero. Oh. I think the Commanders end up one and one, and I think the Giants end up one and one. Is is that where you're at? Yeah, after that's where I'm at. Yep, no okay. question. All right, l- let's go to the Bucks. The Bucks were a surprise winner week one. They beat Minnesota um, at Minnesota. This game, they're home. For a Bears team that didn't show any growth last year, last week. I mean, you were expecting something in the passing game. It looked very similar. Uh, you know, Justin Fields and that passing attack didn't do much. Um, and and the Bucks, to their credit, did enough to win last week. You could be very well looking at a two and zero Bucks team and a two and zero Eagles team going into that Monday night game. Who would have thought the Bucks would be could start out at two and zero? But I do think they're going to feast on on Chicago. Chicago still has problems. Uh, Justin Fields is indecisive with this ball. Right. Then you got the Chase Claypool situation. They're w- determining whether or not just to let him go. You know, and they're basically sick of his act. And you're going in there uh, uh, to face a Tampa Bay defense with Levante Davis, Shaquille Barrett, um, you know, Devin White, mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield, Carlton Davis, and Vita Vita on your defense. There's talent. And, and, and Todd Bowles will help scheme up a good – Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Say what you want to say about Todd Bowles as a head coach. Todd Bowles is still a highly respected defensive coordinator, and the Vikings found that out last week. I expect I expect Tampa to be two and zero when it's all said and done. Yeah, to be honest, I do. Where what I'm going to be looking at from them uh, in this game is just what what does this offense look like? You know, week two under Mayfield. I still don't think they have a running attack. No, um, but you know, obviously when you're dealing with Mike Evans and you're dealing with Chris Godwin, you have talent at receivers. Is this offense going to be able to pull its weight for them? Like, I think the strength of Tampa is going to be their defense, but how, how much offense can they get from them? Yeah. yeah. From Baker. Well, I, I tell you where I, and all the time I've watched Baker Mayfield, he plays in streaks. Yeah. You know, he plays well in streaks. He plays bad in streaks when he's on a high. Man, he's a pretty good quarterback, you know, delivering the ball, scrambling, buying time, running to pick up first downs. But then he gets in these modes where he tries to do too much, putting a ball in a small window, interception, um, not getting rid of the ball quick enough, quarterback sack or strip, 
or you know, just making you know the boneheaded type plays. Yeah. You never know week to week which Baker Mayfield you're going to get. But if if he finds a way to attack to attack that Bears uh, defense the way the Packers did with lesser talent. It's going to be another long afternoon for the Chicago Bears. Absolutely agree with you. Um, all right, so then th- that game, so the Eagles would be at the advantage, certainly uh, having eleven days off, and then uh, you know Tampa would have uh, what eight days off. So the n- nice advantage yeah. there for the Eagles to buy a little bit of time, kind of regroup this thing. Um, where do you think things are going with Rashad Penny here? Like, is this going to be? You know, I, I don't think you can release him or cut him because of the injury history here with Swift, but he doesn't appear to be, I'm not going to say doghouse, but he doesn't appear to be in anybody's, you know, plans here, unless you sort of have to use him. I think based on what we've seen so far, he's a safety valve. Yeah. He only gets in games if somebody gets hurt or um, if you need to spell somebody, I'm surprised that we didn't see him the first game and he had a limited amount of touches only to give Swift a breather in this particular game. Mm-hmm. I think he's lost a bit of a step. Uh, I don't think he's that thousand-yard guy he was, you know, with Seattle anymore. And I don't know if it's because of the injury tolls, and he's still recovering from that as well. Um, but I don't want to use the term doghouse because I've never, I've never, I've not heard anything along those lines of indications that he's in their doghouse. Um, if they were going, if they were going to send a message to him and to us in general that this is how he's going to be used. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised they didn't get rid of him in training camp and bring somebody in here, a younger, fresher pair of legs. But yeah, I think that's the weird thing. Cool. Like not that these guys are old necessarily. They're not, but yeah, you thought there would be a little bit, maybe more of a youth movement. Cause you can get, bring those guys in for cheap that you maybe, you know, draft a little bit later sermon. I thought was an option. You know, it was just a numbers game with him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I I think ideal. Well, let me ask you about the the Tampa game. Let's just say that uh, Gainwell is good to go with the ribs. Who do you think starting that game? Uh, it better be Swift. I think you so gotta, too. I think you, you ride that hot hand. Yeah, you got you got to ride Swift. I think after what he did against this Vikings defense, you got to ride that hot hand. Now, the sledding will be tougher against this uh, Tampa Bay defense. But you got to go with him. I think he gives you the most explosiveness, both as a runner and a pass catcher, in terms of breaking off big plays. That's not a, that's not a knock against Gainwell. DeAndre Swift is just a more electric type player in a situation like that. Yeah, and you need all the weapons you can to soften up this Tampa Bay defense. And so I think after 28 carries and a career high 175 yards, I think DeAndre Swift is a guy you go with until further notice. I think so too. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to look like, you know, 28 carries, No, uh, no, you know, something like that. That's an extreme. And I, I think you keep pushing that. He isn't going to last. <laughs> He's not a guy who's, who's built for that, yes. but you know, between, between passes and runs, you know, on 17, 15, that's a pretty good number. That's, that's about right. That's what we got accustomed to last year. That's about right to keep him fresher. Now, if you're trying to seal a win, if you're trying to protect the lead and seal a win in the fourth quarter, those numbers may go up a little bit more if you're having success in the ground running the ball. But in, in a in a normal game, 17 to 18 touches a game is about right for him. All right, back to Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, we talked about how having the extra time, the 11 days, will help the coaching staff regroup. Other guys who were banged up just, you know, resting, obviously. 
But we know how Jalen's built. He can't be happy with the way that he played in those first two games. I got to imagine you're going to see a guy working, you know, like a maniac maniacally during these, uh, these 11 days. I think we're going to see a different looking guy when, you know, come Tampa Bay on Monday night. What we've heard so many stories about when, how everybody else is sleeping. Jalen Hurst is behind closed doors looking at film. I think he will take this extended time to look at what he's doing well, what is giving him problems, what offense is giving him problems, to the point where he may call a lot of checkdowns, a lot of audibles at the line of scrimmage if he's given that leeway. Yeah. But he, he knows there's certain things in this game right now that are just not clicking. You know, it's, it's is it scheme? How do you recognize what you're looking at quicker? Mm-hmm. You know, um, do we need to change how we attack? differently when a game is even you know to to loosen a defense up to be more explosive like we were a season ago um i guarantee you jalen is studying every angle of what has not gone right for him and of course let's face it rob we knew the expectations were high yeah you know we've talked about that and we also knew coming into this thing it was going to look a lot different because teams had more time to to study this eagles offense to look at their tendencies. If you go back to last night's game, and there was one play that really jumped out, and I, I forgot if it was successful or not. I believe it was an incompletion. Um, Jalen stepped to the line of scrimmage, made a call, and you saw all of the Vikings start making hand gestures at the same time, like they knew what he was getting ready to do. Right. They had the line of scrimmage stacked, and all of a sudden they bailed out before the snap. And it ended up being an incompletion, I believe, so if he's being too deliberate in terms of his audibles or his check, you know, if, if he's checking out of a play, whatever call he uses to check out of a play, they're going to have to change that as well. Because once one team figures it out, all of a sudden, everybody's going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. There, there needs to be some changes made. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see a vastly different looking offense here, um, you know, coming back from this thing. Um, the other thing is Quez Watkins went down um, last night as well. I thought we, and again, some of this is the Eagles ran the ball a ton. I get it. But we haven't seen really any, it feels like, Alameda Zacchaeus. No. Through the no. first two games. And I'm surprised by that. You know, yeah. uh, Quez has been clearly their number three. Uh, and I'm surprised Zacchaeus hasn't had more opportunities. But if you go back to last year, Rob, we could say the same thing about Zach Pascal. You yeah. know, he was brought in here because he was Nick Sirianni's guy in Indianapolis. And look at how little he was used in games. You know, and I don't know if it's, Zacchaeus still learning his way through this offense or has, has Quest taken the reins uh, in, in the eyes of this organization and has shown them that he is a changed man, that they're giving him a second chance, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I look, I think he's, I think there's more there with him than there was with Zach Pascal. The, yeah. there, there, there's yeah. more, um, you know, but again, there's only so many balls and go around. And when you, we talk about a team with this kind of offense, that's now at least in that game running so heavy. You know, there's just not a lot of opportunity. All yeah. right. We're going to come back with our NFL segment. D gun. Uh, we'll run through a bunch of storylines and then get into the best games of week two, including Ravens, Bengals, Seahawks, Lions, Chiefs, Jags, Packers, Falcons, Raiders, Bills, Chargers, Titans, 49ers, Rams, Dolphins, Patriots, and Browns Steelers. They will be among the games that we will dip into. All right. So don't go anywhere. We'll keep it rolling here. Uh, as we go into our number three of Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services 
is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost they offer cost effective solution solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any type of issues with your trees, they're just a quick phone call away, and they're experts trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. A good time to get your trees evaluated, too, now, before we get some of these extremes, some of this extreme weather that's coming our way soon. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram account for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. In southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Okay, welcome back on this Friday edition of Sports Pick, along with my main man, Rob Ellis. I'm Derek Gunn, and as you can see, Rob's chair is empty. I wonder if he, I wonder if he took another Cheerio break or if he had to get the dogs. I hear I some dog. I hear I some dog. Thing. There What's he is. Dog? Come here, Bailey. You say hi. Here, let me show you Bailey. All right, stay there. You be a good girl. Stay right. there. Stay there. Stay. Don't move. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come hey, Bailey. All right. My gosh, it's tough. She's moving around. I'm sorry. It's here amazing. Here it's amazing. There she and is. See her? Hey, Ooh. a beautiful dog. Say hi. Say hi to Uncle Derek. Yeah. What's up, Bailey? She's a good girl. Here she is. She just got her cone off. Oh. Yeah, she got her cone yeah. off. Yeah. What happened with that situation anyway? So. We took her to the groomers uh, a couple weeks ago. That. Yeah. They mistakenly cut her ear behind her ear, like a flap of her ear here, like this area. And uh, she's actually, she's a golden doodle guys. Ever for folks who are asking, she actually is. Um, she looks way more golden than, than doodle. She looks like a, she looks like a golden retriever. Um, but so they, she had a cut, which, you know, the groomer made it seem like it was nothing. Right. 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 Like, all right, I kept my eye on it, and then I'm thinking, all right, everything's going to be fine. A couple days later, I notice her really kind of going at it, right? Yeah, yeah. And when we when we weren't around, she was digging at it oh. and opened it up, and it got infected, like, oh. really bad. And it was making her, like, sick, too, like the infection, you know what I mean? So took her to the vet uh, two weeks ago. She's four years old, by the way, four years old. Uh, took her to the vet, and um, they, they put her on antibiotics and a steroid and the cone, and I had to spray. I have to, still doing it. I'm still spraying her. But it's gotten a lot better. She's doing good now. She's like her, back to being herself, so it's so all good. So did, did the groomer pay for the medical cost? The groomer paid for the cost of the grooming and the medical cost at the vet. Nice. The groomer was great, very apologetic, very sorry, Uh no pushback at all. The groomer handled it very professionally. It was a mistake. No hard feelings. All good. So See, when, all you, good. when you own a business, that's that's what you do. Yep. You admit your mistakes. You take care of of the people who take care of you. Yeah. And that's how you that's how you enhance your business. They you were know? great, Derek. I sent them a good. copy of the bill, and within two days, I had a check in the mail. <sighs> yeah. You can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah. I mean, you hear so many horror stories like, you know, trying oh. to with people. I, I'm telling you this, this a lot of way out of it. Yeah. It was like an honest mistake. It happens. They were, they were remorseful. They're, it's all good. Like I, I don't have anything bad to say. I really don't. So, so I got to, I got to share this with you real quick. So yeah, you know how we're taught in this business, always be careful of what you say when the mic is hot, because you just never know when a mic is open. So last night on our post game show, we're in a commercial break. It's it's me, it's it's uh, um, Farzetta. Yeah. No, I think I think it was the pregame show. It was me, Farzetta, Seth, um, and uh, Kayla Santiago, our newest addition. Yep. So we're in a commercial break, and Farzy's telling us about some party he was at or something with a bunch of friends. And when he gets home, his wife asked him certain questions, and he's answering. He's, and and she goes, "Yes." You know, like did 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 the girls flirt with you? Well, yes. You know, he was he was, and we we're funny. Yeah. So I said, so I basically I said, oh man, if that was me, my wife would have cut my throat while I'm sleeping, right? You know. And all of a sudden, we're looking at the chat, 
we can hear you in the commercial. We're like, oh, oh shoot. <laughs> you know, and Seth is howling, laughing. And because then Seth, we come out of commercial and we're we're laughing like kids. Oh, and my Seth, God. And the first thing Seth said is, that was Derek Gunn. That wasn't me. And I'm like, no, 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 that wasn't me. But, yeah. but they, man, can you imagine if we had said something? You know how it goes. Well, let's – okay, let, let's go there. Let, great lead in, Derek. This, that's yeah. why you're a pro's pro, man. Um, good segue. So the Buffalo Bills have a reporter. She's an in-house reporter. She reports, yes. She works for the team, okay? That, that's a – I have to make that distinction. She's not working for one of the local stations, you know, yes. whatever. Okay, her name's Maddie uh, Glib, I think, or Glab. I'll, I'll pull up the exact uh, – her exact – I don't want to mess up her name. I, my apologies. But anyway, um, so, okay, Glab, G-L-A-B, Maddie Glab. All right, so they were waiting for um, – I guess it was Wednesday. They were waiting for um, Stefan Diggs to, to meet with the media. At, at a podium under a tent. Right. Yeah. And – like we're told all the time in the business, whenever you're around a microphone, it's hot, meaning somebody could be hearing it. It could be going out to anywhere. Anybody could be hearing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So watch what you say. <laughs> Obviously it doesn't apply to what you did last night, but so uh, this reporter, Maddie Glab, who is a bills employee. So as they're waiting for, for Gibbs, she says, um, she described Diggs as someone who is going to do what he wants. He'll look in my face and say, bleep you. Yep. And that's how he treats everybody. Ooh. Right. So that went out to everybody. Everybody heard it prior to the press conference starting. Um, and then she, she apologized. She said, quote, the audio shared was very hurtful. Uh, and was in, Oh, I'm sorry. That I'll get to that. That's what Diggs said. So anyway, she, she, she sent an apology out and, and said, it's, it's my bad. I actually have a great relationship with Stefan. You know, we, we can joke together, blah, 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 but I was out of line, etc. So then Diggs yesterday says, quote, the audio shared was very hurtful. Um, and was insulting to my character and how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect from the people in our cafe to the people that keep our building clean and in order. The media or fans may confuse my competitiveness that they witness on the field as who I am as a person, but off the field, I'd never treat anyone how she described and have never said anything remotely close to that to her. Anyway, so here's, I know I have no inside information here, Derek, right. when I say this. I would say that this reporter could be on an extremely short leash with the organization. Uh, yes. Yes. If he would have um, come now, I, I, Diggs has every right to say whatever he wants. If, if Diggs would have come out and said, Hey, water under the bridge, it's all good. Let's keep it moving. Maybe she it wouldn't have been as bad, but when he, with him saying that, I, I have to imagine she's in some trouble. Um, yeah, we haven't seen anything that says she was fired yet or suspended. Um, but here's the thing. Number one, if so, and I'm assuming she's with their digital team or their media team somehow. Yes. If she said it, then other people have discussed it within the organization. You know, yeah. you don't just throw that out there without having that kind of discussion with people. Yeah. And yeah. is there some validity to it? Number one. Right. Number two, 
We already watched Stefan go through a very fragile scenario, strange yet fragile scenario this summer. Mm-hmm. So now if I'm the coaches in the organization, I'm thinking, oh, geez, is he going to snap again? Because he's got to be thinking, if she said it, is this what they really think of me here? Great point. See, so That's a now, great point, Derek. Yeah, you're right. got to worry about, is this dude going to go off the deep end again? Right. Because let's face it, um, he disappears. Your franchise quarterback comes out saying, I have to do a better job of including Stefan and, and, and thinking about his feelings. Yeah. And then he returns in the coaching staff. Well, initially, it starts with Sean McDermott who says, uh, he's not here. We don't know where he is right now. We're like, what? And he's, I think he used the word concerned. Concerned, yeah. yeah. Then the quarterback comes out and says, we have to do a better job of including him. Yeah. What the heck does that mean in training camp? Well, you know what? Here, here's I'll I'll defend Stephon Diggs in 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 this sense. Um, it, Monday night's game, we know J- Josh Allen stunk up the joint, right? He was terrible. Yeah. All right. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Why? What happened? No, I'm lose? saying he. So he came out and basically during the game, he went. They showed a cutaway. He went over to to Josh Allen and was like, "We got you, man." Like you could tell he was yeah. like, "Yeah, come on, I got you." Like it's good. And he was being very encouraging towards Josh Allen. So, uh, like, for, for the bad rep that he has, and I think earned in some ways, yeah, uh, he was really trying to be a, a good teammate to Josh Allen in that moment when Josh Allen was having a crap game, Who and he ultimately cost them that game. So I thought yeah. Diggs really showed a lot of leadership there in that spot, for whatever it's worth. I agree. And they showed, they showed ISO Cam him saying, come on, man, come on, you got this, come on, yep. come on, man. And you're right. And I don't know if that's Diggs working on his so-called character flaw or if that's the relationship they've obviously uh, have had all along. Obviously, we don't know because we don't get to see many Buffalo Bills games in this region, nor do we get much report on a Buffalo Bill unless it's an injury or something out of character like that. So um, I don't know. I would imagine it's Stefan trying to change his perceived image. Um, Now, I guarantee you, Somebody wrote that statement for him, whether it was within the organization or his agent's office or somebody like that. They wanted to word it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I want to know if, if she says they had a great relationship before. What's their relationship like now? Yeah. That's a yeah. Little, tough. a little tough. No, I agree with you. That That's um, I, I can't imagine it's not strained. I, I can't imagine. And, and I just don't I don't think I have no idea. I don't think this bodes well for her. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson smartly uh, trying to emulate everything Aaron Rodgers is doing was doing before he went down with the injury, uh, both on the field and off the field, in approach to film study, in, in approach to his teammates, in approach to his work ethic. Uh, he said, "You know, I'm, I'm just trying to glean everything that he was doing and and do the best that I can." With that, yeah, it's good. Okay. I mean, uh, if you didn't see, I, you weren't, I know you weren't with us yesterday. Rogers had the surgery, thanked everybody. I'll rise again was the quote. And Robert Sala said, I don't see him going out like this. So I, I, I think we're going to see him next year. But but can a, how hard is it at 40 to come back from an Achilles, man? That's the I thing. Know. I know, man. I mean, Brady, Brady in the latter stages of his tenure, meaning 40 to 45, was able to escape a serious injury like that. But you're right. Trying to come back that at 40. And let's face it, Rodgers is not as straight ahead fast as he used to be. But, you know, his footwork allows him to buy a lot of time when he's under pressure in a pocket. I wonder how much that might slow him down, even when he's deemed 100% healthy. 
I wonder if it'll have an effect on him being able to sidestep a lot of pressure to do some of the things he does with his arm strength. Yeah. When I look at Zach Wilson, you know, kudos to him for trying to emulate everything Aaron Rodgers does, but let's face it. He's not going to come close to doing a lot of the things Aaron Rodgers does because number one, he doesn't have Rodgers arm. Number two, he hasn't seen defenses as much as Aaron Rodgers has, but there's got to be something within his repertoire that Nathaniel Hackett can identify that just makes him a good manager of a game like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback, but he's a great manager of a game. Mm-hmm. How did that evolve and emerge in a Jimmy Garoppolo? When, you, when you're a first-round pick, there's got to be some traits that really stand out, especially a high first-round pick like him, yeah. that stand out about you that the Jets haven't been able to hone in on yet. Can Nathaniel Hackett bring that out in him? If he can the Jets still have a really good chance of going to the playoffs. Yeah, because the defense is that great. Is Their that defense great? is that yeah. great. Their running attack is that good. The, Garrett Wilson is that good. I, I, I'm still blown away by that touchdown catch on Monday night. The, the degree of difficulty on that thing was unreal. It was sick. Oh. It was sick. But, and that's just a young second-year player who doesn't even have two full years in the league, but he's just that talented. Yeah, And yeah. when you have a collection of players around you like the Jets do, it can make you look a whole lot better if you don't screw it up. Right. That's it. That's the key to it. Manage this thing. Just manage it. That's all they're asking. Uh, Cameron Hayward, unfortunately, goes to the IR, Derek. He's going to uh, be out for at least four games with a groin injury. Pittsburgh's got their share of injuries. Deontay Johnson's not playing either. Uh, they're, they're going into that Cleveland game banged up and already 0-1. Not going to be an easy task for Mike Tomlin and Krill. Uh, yeah, yeah, when you talk about a groin surgery, you're talking about extended time off. Yep. And even when he comes back, maybe that's it may not be the player he was. I mean, and, and he's a great player. Yep. Um, but you're right. That's a tough situation to put this this Pittsburgh defense in, especially coming off the game that you had against the likes of the 49ers. Yeah. So um I that's you know, that's one of the games we're gonna preview here. That's that's part of the um the Monday night doubleheader. Um so yeah, that that's uh that's going to be a tough spot because I think Cleveland's good. I think Cleveland's just a flat-out good team. Yeah, do. yeah, both sides of the ball. All right, this is one to keep your eye on. Darren Waller, the tight end now for the Giants, has yep. nerve damage in yeah. his hamstring. It, 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 yeah, it basically it, it emulates from his back into in you know down his rear end and into his hammy, and he says it's something that he you know dealt with last year, and he claims it's nothing more than a little scar tissue. And not a big deal. I'm sorry, man. I hear I hear that kind of thing. I start thinking Cooper Cup. Uh, yes. I think reaggravating. I I would be a little worried about that one if I'm a Giants fan. That that when you just start talking about nerve damage, that takes a little bit longer to heal than just your standard hamstring injury. You know, because now you have to have a specialist look at this and find out exactly what is causing the irritation in the nerve. And when you're a big man like that and you and you need your legs to push off and, and do all the things you do, yep. you're, you're talking about I, – I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on an IR. If he doesn't play this week, I wouldn't be surprised until they figure out exactly how to treat this thing. He's tra- he's going to try and go. We'll see. Uh, yeah, well, you know he's what? at the car. You could, do worse, you could do worse damage to it. You know, I'd, be, I'd err on the side of caution with this one. And this is the other problem the Giants have their receivers aren't good enough. And if you take Waller out of the equation or he's yeah. not himself, yes. then it, then it becomes like it was last year where you're just so heavily counting on Saquon Barkley to do so much for you. 
Well, if Waller's not out, I still feel that the Giants playing the Cardinals, they don't need Waller to beat the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, in this game, it may not bite them. Yeah. yeah, but it could be huge down the road when you're trying to open up your offense. Uh, he was brought in there to be that big target and work the middle of the field, also something they didn't have last year. Yeah, That's a huge loss for them. All right, Jacoby Myers, who had a really good week one for the Raiders, is doubtful um, versus the Bills. And, you know, you got a Bills team that's going to come into that game very hungry. After after the way Monday night went, oh. so uh, you're down. There's gonna be a lot of Devontae Adams. I can tell you that if Jacoby Myers isn't going in that one, is that in Vegas or Buffalo? That game is in Buffalo. I, I see Buffalo bouncing back in that game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Josh Allen made some huge mistakes in that game against the Jets. Um, he's got a lot to prove. And what did he say earlier this week? Mistakes I made last Sunday, I will not make this week. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You put it out there. Let's see it. If he yeah. doesn't make the mistakes, if he plays a flawless game, I think Buffalo wins this game by at least 10 points. Yeah, I, he he plays clean. I could see Buffalo getting on a roll. But, yes. uh, you know, what I saw last year worried me about him. And I thought he – because he talked a big game in the offseason, and then it was yep. he was right back to that same guy on Monday night. Yep, yep. And he knows it, and he's got to live with it. Um, and, and it's a short week for them as well. Even though they're home, it's on a short week. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times when you have games like that, it's better to get back on the horse sooner rather than later. Yep. So Josh Allen is going to go out on a mission. Only thing I don't like about his game, number one, he's too risky with the ball. Number two, man, you better learn to slide. You're going to be on IR because he yeah. puts his shoulder down too much trying to take on tacklers. You know, and people won't always say to me, oh, look how big he is. I don't care how big he is. First yeah. of all, that doesn't matter ultimately. if you're Because here's the problem, too. When you leave your feet like he does a lot, Yep. That, that, you know, negates your size to an extent. And when you have bigger guys like these linebackers are and the DNs and all that landing on you, it's not going to matter. I mean, he will not last if he keeps doing this, this reckless. He's reckless is what he is. Well, Jamarcus Russell was a big quarterback. How long did his career last? Yeah. Right. Injuries piled up. Yeah. Defensive players hate you because of the position you play. You know, yeah. you saw that you saw that last night, man. Vikings defense taking every shot they could get on Jalen Hurts. And you know, speaking of Jalen Hurts, I remember this one run where he stuck his foot in the ground and went forward oh. and kind of grabbed his knee a little bit. Same. And then the other play where um uh uh what's the former Eagles linebacker's name? Jordan uh Jordan Hicks, who had a big game. Yeah, Jordan Hicks caught him on the sideline, drove his head into the ground. He came up with mm-hmm. a face full of grass. And the referee helped him up off the turf. And I'm thinking, man, is that a concussion? Yep. You know, because Jordan Jordan Hicks drove him headfirst into the ground. You know, so these guys who get out on, on the perimeter like this and want to run, and especially a quarterback like Josh Allen who refuses to, to slide and wants to take these guys on head on. All right, you hurt your team more than, you, than you're helping them in the long run. You keep this up. I agree. I, look, I, at one point, Sean McDermott wasn't even making any bones about it. He's He's, he's literally in his face going like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that tells you they're getting disgusted like they're not even trying to hide it anymore with them so you know take that for what it's worth yeah you, yeah, you mentioned chase young chase young playing for washington against the cardinals you know this guy's got to start staying on the field Derek, and making an impact or he he's going to be out of washington by the end of the year the, the, he's he's you know they already didn't pick up his fifth year option so this is this is getting to a point with him where it's kind of make or break 
Well, even if Washington decides they want to move on from him, he still has enough time to rebound and play like that player he played as a as a rookie. Yeah. But, but you're right. Health is the key. You put him on that defensive front with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne, man, that's a good defensive front. And, mm-hmm. and we saw him coming off the edge when he's right. He is lethal. So this is a big money year for him, whether it stays in Washington or, or goes somewhere else. Um, but you're right. He can't get past. I mean, that was a devastating knee injury he had. It took him more than a year to get back from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he, he he's barely making a season debut this week. If he doesn't stay healthy, he may never see another big contract again. Agreed. Totally agree. Um, this was interesting. I, I thought he played well. I didn't realize he played this well. This is where I think some of this data is subjective, but whatever. So Jordan Maialata graded out, Derek, at a 96.9 by Pro Football Focus. Really? Um, it's the highest grade for an Eagles offensive lineman since Evan Mathis had a wow. 97.6 in 2012. Wow. I mean, I, I honestly, I haven't had a time to go back and really you do a lot of film on this. I'll watch it. Over, I'll probably watch some today and then watch it over the weekend. But my God, man, like that's a that's a big number. You mean to tell me that Lane Johnson in the last couple of seasons who has not given up a sack didn't play a more perfectly technical game than what Jordan Milata played? I'm blown away by that. Too. I find that hard to believe. I yeah. really do. Yeah. yeah. Some of those offensive line numbers are – I don't know – Exactly yeah. what all goes into the formula. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- we've talked about this, I don't know, maybe a month ago or whatever. So the the Michael Orr story, the blindside movie, and you know everything that, that came about. You remember uh, he filed a claim against the the family that, that took him in. The Tuies were their yep. name. Tuies, yeah. And you know, saying that they took the royalties from the movie, and uh, he was owed more. He was tricked into um, you know signing like adoption papers and this and that. So the twoies are now going back at him to deny, not only denying the claims, but like laying it out. Like, this is exactly what we got. This is what he got. This is what the author of the book and the movie, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in addition, um, we, 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 we are part of his conservatorship, uh, but we, we never adopted him. We right. tell people, you know, you tell people that you, you, you're really close friends or your cousins. I do that. I don't know if you did that growing up, like close family friends were cousins. No, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So they would they would say, you know, they, hey, this is our adopted son as as a way to make him feel more part of that. Anyway, this is what they're saying. I, I hate saying this like this. This I just don't like any of it. I don't like that. These two are fighting the, you know, the family and him and it, it's all gone sideways for them. It just. Yeah, I don't know. It stinks. It was a great feel-good story. And obviously it was embellished somewhat. Michael Orr, when the movie came out, was not very happy with the way he was portrayed in the movie and said it didn't happen like that. Yeah. Um, and now we're finding out uh, after he's retired that he feels he's entitled to to more than what he got for it. You know, why did he wait until he was retired? Does he need money? You know, um, the, the, the Tui family portrayed in the movie – was a well-to-do family, yeah. you know, to begin with. Um, it, it would be a shame if, if you come to find out they duped him um, out of money that he was due. But, you know, because we don't know all of the scenarios and the ins and outs, I'm not taking a side one way or the other. Some right. people feel Michael Orr is lying. He just wants money, that m- more money than he was entitled to get. Some people are looking at it like the two he's took advantage at an underprivileged kid. 
they they saw the dollar signs and um, and, and used nurturing as an aspect to get close to him, close enough to get money. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to take sides either way um, because it's so vague right now. It'll come out in a court of law. Sure, well, yeah, that that's the thing. I mean, now now like both sides better have this buttoned up. Yeah, you better be right because yeah. we're going to find out now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let you want to dig into some of the best games of week two. Heck yes. All right, let's do it. All right, um, Ravens Bengals, Derek. You know this is a game. Like for me, these are two teams that I think have potential to do some things for sure. Ravens won last week. Uh, wasn't the prettiest of games. Bengals looked about as bad as anybody other than maybe the Giants uh, looked in their game. This game's in Cincinnati. Bengals are a three-point favorite. Uh, you expect them to bounce back? What are, you, what are you seeing here in this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow and that offense can't have two horrendous games like they just had. There's no way, especially with this being uh, their home opener this week. I expect the Bengals to bounce back big. Ravens go into that game at a severe deficit. J.K. Dobbins lost to the season with a ruptured Achilles. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Baltimore's vertical game uh, continue to evolve. They have more speed at the wideout positions, but I don't think there's any way Baltimore beats this team. You know, again, another division game. And the Bengals understand to get to where they want to go. You can't start out 0-2 in your division. Yeah, I'm with you. What, what I really want to see, and it was hard to tell last week, he didn't play well. The weather was bad. I don't know that Burrow's totally over that calf, um, but that's going to be a big part of this thing. I'm going to be very curious, um, you know, just how he's moving around and that kind of thing. Um, Seahawks-Lions, kind of an interesting little game here. Lions beat the Chiefs last week. The Seahawks lose uh, in their opener. This is where we're going to continue to find out how real Detroit is, you know, as we go. This game's in Detroit. Um, Seattle, Derek is down both of their starting left tackles to the point where Jason Peters may actually get minutes, may, may get snaps and reps in this game. That's how banged up they are. So, uh, you know, you would think Detroit, Detroit's defensive line with Hutchinson and that crew yep. should be able to do some damage here. Yeah. Plus, plus is that Detroit on a fast carpet? Yep. Um, Seattle, Later, golden uh, bomb against the Rams of yeah. all teams, the Rams, and now they got to travel across country to take on Detroit. Um, I think it'll be a, an interesting shootout. I, now that now that Seattle's down both of their left tackles, that's not good for Geno's uh, blind side. You mm -hmm. know when he drops back to pass. Um, I expect it to be a high scoring game. Uh, I think Seattle will score some points, even though Detroit's defense appears to be better based on what they did against Kansas City. Um, but I expect Detroit to win that game in, at home and go two and zero. Yeah, I uh, I do too. And I think you know Seattle's putting themselves in a tough spot with that zero and two start. I don't, mm. you know, we'll see if they're going to be able to dig their way out of this thing. Um, one thing I think you will see is a more disciplined uh, DK Metcalf because he's talked about how he can't commit those late penalties sure. and, and all that other stuff. So uh, keep your eye on that one. This is going to be a fun one. Chiefs and the Jags. Andy and Doug, divisional round last year. Chiefs won, I think, 27-20, something like that. It was a competitive game. You know, the, the Jags hung with them. This game's in Jacksonville, Derek. Uh, Chiefs are three-point favorites in this one. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville, to me, still has something to prove on defense. I think Trevor Lawrence has arrived under Doug Peterson. They've got great skill position players. You know, nice running game, nice offensive line. 
Um, but I think defensively, they give up too many big plays. Uh, and Kansas City is in desperation mode. Uh, the Raiders won. The Raiders were the only team in that division to win their season opener. Yeah. And that's not where Kansas City wants to be right now. I think it's going to be a good game. Doug Peterson knows how Andy Reid likes to call games. Uh, Andy Reid knows Doug Peterson. But I just think, again, I'll say this every week. When you got that dude named Mahomes under center, magic can happen. And especially if Kelsey is back and now Chris Jones has come back into the fold, um, I, I expect Kansas City to go in there and pull out a W. I do too. Here's what we don't know yet, Derek. Um, Travis Kelsey's out there on the practice field. I saw some video of it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. He didn't appear to be moving well to me. Okay. I don't know what that's going to look like. If there's some help involved, whatever, maybe he can get out on the field, but he didn't look wow. like he was moving great. Yeah. They do expect Chris Jones to play who signed that contract. So at least he'll be out there. Their defense did pretty well last week. I thought even without him. Right. Um, right. So that's, that's what it's going to be. Are the receivers like Kadarius Tony who stunk quite frankly, are they going to be good enough? Especially if Kelsey's either not playing or not up to his standards. So that that's going to be a big part. A um, couple other news and notes here. Andrew Thomas, the, the starting tackle for the giants is questionable. Um, for their game. That's a big one, right? Don't they have enough injuries on that team? Thomas is a huge loss if he can't play. Yeah. Don't they have enough injuries with that team? My goodness. Yeah. You know, you sustain any more injuries, you're going to go in there even keel with Arizona instead of, you know, um, being a team that I picked to to beat Arizona based on just overall talent. Well, Aziz Ojolari's doubtful. That's a a big one, you know. Oh, my Um, goodness. Yep. Wandell Robinson, one of their receivers, is doubtful with a knee. So Giants pretty banged up. Um, in that game, man, I tell you what, um, Dallas did Arizona a favor by by softening them up at key positions. Wow! Um, all right, beyond that, we have the uh, the Packers and the Falcons. Packers, uh, I'll tell you, you know Jordan Love looked pretty good. Uh, you know I've been a, a Falcon guy uh, from the jump. I like this little matchup here, Gunner. Uh, Who are you taking? I'm going to go Falcons because they're home. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to lean Falcons. The uh, what is the spread? The spread. Oh man, it's tight. Spreads one and a half. Atlanta's minus Ooh. one and a half at home, which Ooh. tells you Vegas very well thinks the Packers can win this game. But I'm I'm going to lean Falcons. <sighs> I'm not there yet, Rob. Um, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of Desmond Ritter, but I am afraid of uh, what they've spent in terms of money on that defense and how they're going to try to attack. Jordan Love, and there's a possibility Christian Watson may not play again because of a hamstring. And now Aaron Jones, who scored a touchdown against the Bears, you saw him walk into the end zone and grab his hamstring. He may be down for this game. You know, those two are huge losses for the Packers, especially Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones in both the running and the receiving game. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning towards Arizona at home. I mean, uh, Atlanta at home in this one. This, if I were a gambling man, I would stay away from this game. I would yes, not exactly. touch this game. Yeah. There's too much going on. I don't. I don't know. There's too many doubts. Too much uncertainty with this game for me. I don't. Know, thing- I don't know enough about Ritter and Jones. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Love. Yeah. To make a decision on that's this. fair. The one. The one thing I will give Ritter is, I think he's made six starts. He does not turn the ball over. He does not throw interceptions. So he's done a nice job taking care of the ball. Um, all right. Next, let's go Raiders Bills. We've talked about the Bills a lot. We we know. You know, that, that was a very winnable game that they gave away in a lot of ways. 
uh, last week, you know, certainly. Um, but taking on a Raiders team that had a, had a nice opening win, Derek, um, you know, with Jimmy G and crew. So this game's in Buffalo. Uh, the Bills are heavy favorites. It's eight. Oh, what are you thinking that one? Uh, I'm leaning. I'm leaning with the uh, odds makers. Uh, I, I love Buffalo at home in this situation. Um, Josh Allen and that crew have to bounce back. And then, of course, you got Stefan Diggs now. Uh, wondering what they think about him as an organization. I believe he's going to use that as motivation as well. I think this is a spot where Buffalo uh, rises to one and one on the season. Yeah, and I think, like we talked about earlier, Jacoby Myers is a loss for the uh, for the Raiders for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's doubtful, by the way. It's not 100%. But, okay, uh, Chargers, Titans, um, you know, oh, two teams. Man. Yeah, two teams in need of a win. Uh, that much, you know, is for sure the way they both went down last week. This game's in Tennessee. Chargers are favored on the road, Derek, by two and a half. It was a miserable day, game last week for Tannehill. Um, you know, Chargers put up a lot of points. Stop me if you've heard this before, but they came up small. I, I – I don't like this game either, but if I was going to take a side, I might lean towards Tennessee. Really? Yes. I might you're grab gonna, the you're going to take out the, the grinded, methodical game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. Heavy duty. I think they're also uh, going to look to get DeAndre Hopkins more involved. Well, I forgot what Hopkins' injury is, but he might not play in this game. Yeah, he, he hasn't he, practiced all week. They're yeah, still hopeful yeah. he might go, but it's yeah. – And then, and then uh, Chargers are down uh, J.C. Horn. At cornerback, he may be gone for the season. Or no, uh, isn't Horn a Panther? Wait, who's a, who's a cornerback for the Chargers? Was it J.C. Was, Jackson? Jackson, that's what I meant. Yeah. J.C. Yeah. Jackson. Um, he might without him. That hurts the that hurts the back end of the defense. Yeah. Um, I still can't figure out this this Chargers defense. They have all the physical presence they need, but they're not a shutdown defense. No. They have a shutdown safety in Derwin James. Mm -hmm. But the defense as a whole, Khalil Mack has not been the player he was a few years ago. Uh, Bosa, he, he, yeah, he's definitely on the back nine. Yeah, you know, Bosa does not play at the same level as his brother, and he's always hurt. He's yeah. always hurt. So, ooh, Rob, that's a, that's a tough one. But can Tennessee's defense keep up that offense? I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Chargers by three in this one. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh more interesting game than I thought it was going to be 49ers and the Rams. Um, I give the Rams a lot of credit, you know, without cup and a just, you know, Stafford was thrown to just a bunch of dudes. Yep. Um, you know, they end up winning their game. Uh, we, you know, we know the Niners, one of the more impressive performances last week, just, just destroyed the Steelers. Um, this game's in LA. Let me find what the spread is here in this one. Uh, San Francisco's minus eight and a half. It's a big okay. number. Eight and a half, man. Big number. Um, I just like everything about San Francisco. I love their schemes. I love their personnel. Um, I, I think I think San Francisco wins this one handedly, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't be afraid to lay the eight and a half. I, I, mean, I just I just man, there's so many ways they can hurt you. You know, yeah. whether it's Ayuk, whether it's Debo, whether it's and Kittle didn't do a whole lot last week because McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah, there's just a lot there with that team. Um Dolphins Patriots. So, you know, Tua and crew went off. Uh, New England coming off a loss. But we also saw that their defense can do some things. Um, but can they do enough 
you're going to do more than just slow this thing down when it comes to the Dolphins. Uh, you know, it's going to have to be more than that. Uh, but the game is in New England. Um, you know, Miami has always played them well, even when Brady was there. It was weird. Right. So I, I don't know how much you can take from that because they were different teams and personnel and all that. But this is the Sunday night game, Derek. Miami's minus three at New England. Well, Tua is 4-0 against New England in his yeah. lifetime. Um, the hoodie is going to do everything he can to defuse Tyreek Hill, which means Jalen Waddle could have a big game. And I don't think as, as technically sound as that Patriots defense is, I don't think they have anybody in the back end who can match up with Jalen Waddle if they take Tyreek Hill out of this game. Yeah. Um, I just love Miami's explosiveness at any given point. And now people are questioning the arm strength of Tua. And Tua says, you know what? Okay. Keep questioning. 466 yards and you're still questioning my arm strength. Okay. Um, I expect Miami to go in there and win this one. Yeah. I'm, I just, I don't believe enough in the Patriots offense that even if their defense does a decent job, that the their offense is going to be able to keep up. I, I just don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like the receivers and. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. Tua stays healthy. I like Miami in this game. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do think even though the Patriots have a good front seven, I think Miami's offense has just a little too much for them. All right, let, let's go. There's a doubleheader Monday night. All right. Um, the early game, eh, it's the Saints at the Panthers. Uh, New Orleans is minus three on the road. New Orleans won week one, a tight one against Tennessee. Panthers lost week one. Uh, I like the Saints here. Uh, where are you at with this one? Well, my division, my division favorite. Um, I can't believe they're only three, three and a half points against a rookie quarterback with that defense they have. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have another game to get settled in with what he's working with there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think the Panthers don't have enough firepower to stay with this team. So I'm going to take, I, I like New England by at least seven, uh, New Orleans by at least seven in this game. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, let's go to the nightcap. They're only an hour apart, but the 815 game, it's the Browns at the Steelers. Cleveland's favored by two and a half in this dark. We mentioned no Cameron Hayward, no Deontay Johnson, but yeah. Pittsburgh coming off a really embarrassing loss. And that game was at home. Are they going to drop two in a row at home here, even though they're banged up and Cleveland's good? I think they are. Um, okay. I think Cleveland, man. Cleveland's that sleeper in the AFC. I think they are too. They are so talented on both sides of the ball, and they can control the flow of a game with that potent running game they have. Mm-hmm. I think Cleveland goes to 2-0 and in this game, Rob. Yeah, Cleveland's good, man. Cleveland can hurt you a lot of different ways. I mean, they can run it yeah. with Chubb. They can throw it to Cooper. Uh, you know, Watson looks like he's getting comfortable here. Their defense, they're good, Derek, in, in up front, and they're good in the back end with Denzel Ward in that crew. And, and I, I think Stefanski's a good coach. I think last year was just – you had to throw everything out the window last year. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Cleveland, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, they're really – I think this is a good division altogether. I think Pittsburgh's got to get healthy to get their yes. act together. The, the big thing in that game, too, is Kenny Pickett stunk last week. Yeah, he did. What, which Kenny Pickett are we getting, the guy who finished the year pretty good or the guy who looked bad last week? Well, Cleveland's defense is good. I don't think it's nearly as good as the 49ers. That was a bad spot for, for Pickett to open yeah. up a season Yep. Um, against that defense. Pittsburgh has owned Cleveland for years. Yep. But I think this is the year Cleveland finally gets his payback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. 
Uh, we'll do birthdays. We'll do movies. Phillies are in St. Louis. We'll mix a little, mix and match a little bit of everything uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. And hi. Hello. How's everybody? Yes. So uh, we'll get a quick timeout tone and, and uh, step aside. And when we come back, we will continue with Sports Take. So we will see you in a minute. Bye. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Final segment on this Friday on this Eagles Friday where they took care of business over the Vikings. Derek, we talked a little bit earlier um, about Vikings running back uh, Alexander Madison. Um, Yes. So I want to hit on a couple things. Uh, So after the game um, he got um, some some hatred directed his way on social media. Um, yeah. 
racial epithets. Uh, we don't need to get into detail with the words that were used. I think we can all figure it out at this point. Uh, Al- Alexander's an African-American and there were, you know, racial slurs thrown his way. Uh, just absolutely disgraceful, abhorrent kind of behavior, sickening that we're still dealing with this crap in this day and age. Um, the Vikings have put a statement out. Yeah. We're sickened by the hatred and racial slurs directed towards Alexander Madison following last night's game. There are simply, there is simply no room for racist words or actions in sports or society. The Vikings will continue to fight to eliminate hate, to educate, to foster a diverse, equitable, and inclusive community that respects and values our backgrounds, our unique backgrounds. We stand with Alexander and all players who unfortunately experience this type of ignorant and prejudicial behavior. And we ask our fans to continue to fight to eliminate racism. Like the, the fact that, you, you know, the, the, this guy plays a game that maybe is seen in some folks' eyes is not a good game. And that draws that kind of reaction from people it is just beyond description for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's sick things, the right word. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Well, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm not surprised, Rob, yep. uh, you know, United States has come a long ways in a lot of areas, but we still have a long ways to go. Yep. And unfortunately, the, and I think the key word in the Viking statement is ignorant. You yep. still have a lot of ignorance and, and hatred in America. So you come out and, and just racially slur this guy because he fumbled he didn't get enough yards for your fantasy team or he messed up your parlay bet or something like that. It's okay if you're upset in that regard, but do you have to take it to the gutter in that regard? And unfortunately we still have a lot of this in this country, Rob, you know, yep. um, no matter what you do in our society, you can't change everybody. They're just people that just live to hate. Um, and, and it's sad. And it's sad. even what's even sadder is they're probably teaching their kids the same thing. Correct. You know, yep. Yep. That, that apple a lot of times, unfortunately doesn't fall far from the tree no. and you know, it's, it's learned behavior. Yes. Okay. We, we, I use the example all the time. You, you get two, two year olds and you sit them in a sandbox. They're playing with each other. They don't care. They don't black, care. white, anything. And then they get corrupted, unfortunately, by, by minds of people um, yeah. who are older and then things change. Uh, you know, but yeah, we, we've come a long way, but not certainly not far enough. Yeah. Not even close. So, um, Kevin, Kevin Savar says, D-Gun, you can't fix stupid. This exactly. goes beyond stupid. Yep. This this is this is downright just bigotry and hatred. Yep. You know? yeah. um, and, and there's no place in the society. This is this is the only country on the planet, really, when you think about it, that is devised of a melting pot. It is the epitome of a melting pot, where it's formulated by many different races, creeds, and colors. And we still somehow, some way can't get along all the fights that have been fought for equality and racial justice. And we still can't get over that hump in 2023. I don't think we ever will as a society completely. Uh, it's gotten better in a lot of ways, but unfortunately, it's still a long way to go in this relay race. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well said. Um, all right. So I just wanted to mention that um, a couple things and obviously not the not the gravity of that, but. Uh, Phillies are playing tonight in St. Louis. Um, it's a three-game series, Derek. You have Aaron Nola on the mound tonight. Your guess is as good as mine is what you're getting from Aaron oh, Nola. Uh, um, oh, they they did get lucky. They were off yesterday, but they got very fortunate in that um, the Reds lost, the Diamondbacks lost, the Marlins lost, the Giants got postponed because of weather, yeah. um, and the yep. Cubs were off. So they got some breaks. They're a game and a half up on the Cubs right now in – they got they start getting their act together. Like this is a bad St. Louis team. 
they, they need to go in there in minimal two out of three this weekend. Uh, Rob, why did you have to say that? Why did you go there? <laughs> really? You had to go there, Rob, really? Yeah, I, I know. It's I know. a bad St. Louis team, Rob, but let me, <laughs> let me enlighten you just a little bit, my friend. Uh, uh, they're seventh in the National League in batting. Yeah. They are third in home runs ahead of the Phillies. They so, played better of late. I will, I'll admit that. Uh, in terms of RBI, let's see where they are. They're seventh in RBI. The Phillies are fourth. Yeah. In terms of hits, uh, Phillies are second and St. Louis is seventh. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those teams, they don't have the pitching that, you know, St. Louis, if there's one thing we knew about St. Louis in years past is they always had decent pitching staffs. Yeah. The thing that's killed them. They, they're still hitting the ball well. Yeah, you're right. Their pitching's been been putrid. Yep. Considering the Phillies are coming off having just lost five out of seven to the Marlins and to the Braves. And they're going on the road in this one and a team that's playing nothing but for pride. Um, I agree with you hundred percent. They have to win two out of three, especially with the Cubs breathing down their necks. But with the way they, their, the Phillies pitching staff has been robbed. I don't know what to expect, especially with your guy, Nola on the Hill tonight. Yeah. The poster child pitching tonight. Let me oh, give you these I'm numbers. Good. Let me give you these numbers for him. Here we All go. Right. Here we go. Enjoy this. So Nola in his last two outings, uh, against Miami, four and a third, seven hits, four runs, home run against Milwaukee, oh, four and two thirds, eight hits, seven runs in a home run. Like, if anything, here's the way I'm looking at it. He's usually up and down about every other start. He's good. He's had two straight bad ones. Maybe he's I'm begging due, here. He's due for a good one. He's due for a good one. I think I am begging, but anyway. I think, I, I think you're begging, Rob. I, I, hate to say it. I think you're begging. Yeah. So, uh, there are just that dude to pitch. One solid inning for me, let alone four or five innings. Yeah, listen, I me too. Uh, but they're they're down to the stretch run here. There isn't a lot left. They're running out of you know landing room here on the uh, uh. On the tarmac. Uh, so he goes tonight, and then uh, I look. I don't trust him. I don't trust Walker. I don't trust trust Lorenzen. That's for sure. Nope. Uh, do some do some birthdays. Yep. All right. All right. We'll start with Dan Marino. Dan Marino is 62 years old today. Uh, Dan Marino came out the other day and said if he had played in this day and age, he'd throw for 6,000 yards, and he's not wrong. He's probably right. In today's game, Yep, he'd probably have to ice his arm down at halftime every game. He'd actually be perfect for this day and age, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, the quick release. That's the thing. He wasn't mobile, but he got rid of the ball so fast. He he overcame that. All right, so he's uh, 62. Tommy Lee Jones. Fugitive, you know, storied. He actually played football at Harvard. Yes, he, he did. Is, uh, 77 today, Tommy Lee. He was an offensive lineman at Harvard, Derek. Uh, Tom Hardy, the actor, 46. Always good in everything he's in. Uh, I loved Tom him in The Revenant. Oh, my goodness. He's what an intense role. dude, man, that guy. Oh, my goodness. And then also he uh, played in Venom, the movie Venom. He was good uh, in that. A, yeah, what a great yeah. actor. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Agatha Christie, the great uh, writer, novelist. Was born on this day, 1890. Uh, Willie, your favorite president, William Howard Taft. President, he was the 27th president of the United States, 1857. He was born. Uh, Prince Harry, another one right up your alley with the royal family. He oh, is I know the, how you love the royal family. I love it. I can't get enough, man. I'm, I'm really concerned with what's going on with Prince Harry and Prince William and the rest of the crew. Yeah. Uh, he's 39 today, Prince Harry. Uh, ben Schwartz, the actor, is 42 today. Uh, the great director, Oliver Stone. 
oh, is seventy-seven today. Man, what oh, a body of work! <laughs> any given Sunday, the platoon, JFK, Wall Street, Natural Born Killers. Oh, yeah, he's, my he's had a career. Uh, Nipsey Russell, who was a really funny dude, man, uh, comedian, comedic actor. I yeah. forgot what show he was on, but he would always end the show with a rhyme. He yes. He was ending the show with a rhyme. I forgot what the heck show that was. He had one of those faces. If you just see him, you're smiling. You can't help. He's already making you laugh just looking at him. when He, yes. was, he had just, just the way about him, his presence. Uh, he was born in 1918. Uh, Merlin Olsen. Wow. Great Football Olsen. career, broadcasting career, and an actor. He yes. was born on this day, 1940. What He was good, man. Him and uh, Dick Enberg together. Oh, my oh. goodness, yes. And he was great player, great, great analyst. Yeah, he really good, really talented guy. Uh, Jackie Cooper, the actor director back in the day, nineteen twenty two. You know, he was the first actor. ever, first ever child actor nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, he was. He had quite a career. Uh, he did. Pete Carroll, the ageless one, seventy two years old. Jeez, looks looks fifty eight. I would say he does. Jaron Jackson Jr., NBA player, is 24 years old today. Jason Terry, the Jet, the Jet is 46 today. Terry McLaurin yep. celebrates his 28th birthday today. Gaylord Perry, D-Gun, born on this day, yep. 1938. Yep. Gaylord Perry. He of the the, the uh, spitball. Uh, that's all I have for birthdays. What else do you have? Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Faye Ray, the original uh, lead King actress Kong. in the, the old King Kong. Yep. Yep. Born on this day in 1907. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Wendy Jo Sperber, who played in Bosom Buddies and uh, Private Benjamin. Yep. Uh, was uh, was uh, born on this day in 1958. Uh, the great jazz musicianist uh, Cannonball Adderley. Yeah, what uh, a was, name. Oh, my goodness. Born on this day in 1928. Uh, Josh Richardson, uh, former second-round pick uh, in the NBA, played one season with the Sixers, is 30, 30 years old today. Yep. Uh, former offensive lineman, great offensive lineman for the uh, Ravens, Marshall Yanda, uh -huh. 39 today. Uh, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Will, Will Shields, oh, yeah. City, uh, 52. Uh, Max Factor Sr., who uh, is a makeup designer, uh, born on this day in 1877. Huh. Uh, Joe Quinville, uh, the great hockey coach, uh, won three Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks, uh, is 65 today. Okay. Uh, how did you? I'll say this one for last because you're gonna kick yourself for missing this one. Uh -oh. uh, first of all, Mike Dunleavy uh, Jr., who's currently the GM of Golden State, played at Duke, had a nice NBA career. Yep. Forty-three today. Okay. And how did you miss Jimmy Lynham? Eighty-two today. Oh, I got coach. How did I miss the coach, man? That's a bad job out of me. How'd you miss coach today? It's a bad job. All right, happy birthday to Jimmy. Can't teach tall. That's what he used to say. <laughs> All right, uh, movie, since we're up against it a little bit. American Beauty, 1999, yep. good one. Uh, Black Dahlia, 2006, good oh, one. I was uh, to see that one, never saw it. I never saw Black Dahlia. American Beauty was very good. I didn't see that one either. Yeah. Uh, uh, American Assassin, 2017, 1976, Bugsy Malone. I didn't yep. really like much else. Is there anything else that you like? That's all I got. Yeah, it's, it was a it's slow movie day, that, you know, that's for sure. Um, all right, so here's what we got for you Monday. Monday, obviously, we start to turn the – we'll still look back a little bit at this game for sure. We'll start to look ahead to the Tampa Bay game, which is Monday night, uh, and then go through all the NFL action from week two, also coming off of Philly's weekend in St. Louis. So we'll dig into that. 
as well and anything else that's going on in the world of sports, uh, Gunner. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, just uh, just a heads up. Uh, hopefully, uh, keep your fingers crossed. But on Monday, we will have former Eagles great Mike Quick, who's a radio analyst. And on Tuesday, as of right now, at 2 o'clock, we will have uh, Philadelphia Inquirer Eagles beat writer Jeff McClain. Monday, Mike Quick. Tuesday, yeah. all th- if all things go well. Sometimes yeah. we're at the mercy of the Eagles changing yeah. their schedule. So Especially just so with their extended time off. They may flip the script on their scheduling. So if they don't have a press conference or anything, Jeff McClain will join us at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Yep. All right. Uh, Gunner, good job uh, this good week, job. man. Uh, want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, excellent job producing the program. Pray for me, man. Yeah, thank you. What? Pray, pray for me. I got those little, I got those little yeah, ones. You need, you need some good luck. Yeah, you're going to need it. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat section. We appreciate you guys, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. For Derek, I'm Rob. Thanks. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.